Welcome to the Christmas Winers Shuffle, the annual Inverness Caledonian Thistle Festive Fan Podcast Extravaganza. Coming up in this festive feast of fun is Once in Royal Daisy, Ross City, all the old festive gags. Stay another David Wotherspoon, previewing and reviewing the festive football fan heroes of old. Drop down our chimney for a chat. All that and the ICT Christmas 11, gifts for gaffers, maybe an advent calendar or a quiz or two. That's right, we are the podcast with more ladies dancing and maids a milking than a Michael Gardine night out. That's the standard. Let's shuffle. What did Tarzan see when he found his screwdriver? There's it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, come all you faithful and good King Wentzless lass. Welcome to the annual Wine is Shuffle extravaganza i am andrew moffat and joining me to praise the recent wins and mulled wine about the losses are krampus stevie riley festive greetings how you doing mate bob cratchit sandy sutherland hello hello gonzo lee tarling how's it going how's it going not bad right. hark the press and journal angel sing paul chalk hi andrew no singing for me and <laughs> Rejoining us after a while, ex ICT superstar Liam Meli Kalinkamaka Kio. <laughs> that was a difficult yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas to to all five of our of our wise men. How's everyone doing? Good. You feeling festive? You up for this extravaganza? Yeah, good. Uh, all good, mate. All good. Excellent. Yeah. Right. Well, I want I want to get you in the mood. I really want to get you in the mood. So let's get in the mood now. I might have playing behind this the theme music for this. Otherwise, I'm just going to crack on. So, what we normally do uh, every year, well, for the Christmas pod, is we run through what's happened in this year, and then everybody picks something out of the highlights and talk about, you know, what was your highlight of the year. So, um, I didn't brief you on this, but I'm sure everybody will, will have an idea of what one of their highlights of the year was. Uh, but um, to appraise you of 2023, let's do it in the style of 12 days of Christmas. Okay, so. On the first day of 23, my Cali gave to me a 6-1 win v Cove and a win v Arbroath against Dickie. On the second day of 23, my Cali gave to me a Scottish Cup exit. On the third day of 23, Queen's Park gave to me an embarrassing administration error and a special Scottish Cup reprieve. On the fourth day of 23, my Cali gave to me back-to-back losses v Hamilton Ackies and Dodsey sitting precariously. On the fifth day of 23, my Cali gave to me two Premiership scalps and a return to Hampton Park. On the sixth day of 23, my Cali gave to me six straight wins in the league and a 3-0 win in the Scottish Cup semi-final v Falkirk. Easy peasy. On the seventh day of 23, my Cali gave to me a fifth place finish, a Dan Mackay header and a Scottish Cup final high. On the eighth day of 23, my Cali gave to me a brand new season, Harry Lodovica, no wins in eight games and a B Billy Dodds B45. On the ninth day of 23, my Cali gave to me one big dunker first league win, a sad Dick Campbell and a happy reason to get messily drunk. On the tenth day of 23, my Cali gave to me wins the Airdrie Cowdenbeathan air, unbeaten in seven and a reason to no longer despair. On the eleventh day of 23, my Cali gave to me a discounted David Carson bucket hat and a lost wee wraith and Cillian Sheridan leading the attack. On the twelfth day of 23, my Cali gave to me another hand and thrill, a crap night at Capilono cause for alarm, another lickety's licking, a partick piss up and an application form for a battery farm. Pick wow. your highlight out of that. I'm off for a lie down. Well, well, I well said the pod that day. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it seems like it seems like a quick year. I can't remember, I can't remember a year going so quickly, but maybe because I was getting old and greyer, mate, that the um, the years passed by quickly. But I think the Scottish Cup run, I think. Uh, what a Scottish Cup run, I expect to not be knocked out of it. 
reinstated through obviously the admin error at Queen's Park, but uh, two good days out at Hamden. I mean, the, the pre-cup final party will will live long in my memory as a good afternoon, sun was shining down in the ferry. But aye, that's my, my highlights of 2023, mate. The Scottish Cup run, I think that was the, the standout and plenty of disappointments along the way, but let's keep it positive. Yeah, eh, on, on a similar theme, I mean, the Scottish Cup, but the standout performance of the year was going down to uh, the Tony Macaroni and winning 3-0 as part of that uh, run to Hamden because Livingston were flying at that time. And in fact, I heard a Livy fan on the radio the other day with them been bottom of the Premiership saying that that was the turning point for them. They Since Inverness, you know, thumped them that, that day, they've been in the in the downward spiral, you know, and, um, uh, you know, taking care of Livingston and, and Kilmarnock in the fashion that, that Cali Thistle did to, to reach the, uh, the latter stages and then take care of Falkirk. And then, you know, there was the concerns going into the cup final. I think there was wild predictions because Cali Thistle hadn't played for several weeks that Celtic would be hit, hitting a, a cricket score against Cali Thistle, but at least they made it competitive in a 3-1 defeat against a, a team that goes on to win the treble, uh, you know, is not a disgrace. So, yeah, the Scottish Cup getting there and a whisker away from the top four, um, you know, not too bad at all, was it? Lee, making your second pod appearance, what was your highlight of 23? Yeah, I feel like I'm just going to be a broken record here because that um, Scottish Cup run was kind of just that's um, just been the highlight, isn't it? It's like that that whole weekend. I made a, a weekend of it down in Glasgow, so I, I can't remember much of it, and it was very very good. But um, yeah, what could we have expected more of? Of just be competitive against them, and and we did that. So that's all you can really ask for, really. And, and an actual footballer on the podcast for a change, uh, Liam. What's your what was your highlight? You, you young lads uh, breaking into the first team almost. I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's highlights with that with, with Shea. You know, he's been he's been getting in about the first team, and he made a couple of appearances there in North of Scotland Cup. So that was definitely highlights from a personal point of view. But Keith Bray breaking in, Keith Bray coming in, shining light when the, when the rest of the boys weren't performing too well. He was, um, but. Definitely, you know, the cup run and the final itself and even the manner of the goal, um, you know, scoring a Scottish Cup final must be phenomenal. It's everybody's dream, is it? So it's uh, it's a big deal. And Carly Thistle tend to bring it in the Scottish Cup, so it's it's uh, nothing new there. And Sandy, last but not least. Probably the semi-final against Falkirk for me, just because a lot of good things kind of all came together at once. Was able to get it down with a a good group of people. We finally had most of our first team back from injury at that point, so we were actually able to put out a really good team. And I think that was like the the display overall that day from us was just excellent, especially at top. You know, that front three we had just absolutely dismantled them. Uh, great day out, got us into the final. It was a great weekend that had been hard. Yeah, it was it was one of those sort of ones that you look back on sort of months later and you think, aye, that was pretty decent. So, yeah, that one definitely sticks out in the memory for me for a, a whole kind of host of reasons. Well, mine was uh, very recent. It's um, something I didn't think we'd ever see or be related to Kelly Thistle. Duncan Ferguson playing the tambourine to, uh, what was it? <laughs> Merry Christmas. A version of Merry Christmas. by uh band called themselves the Black Isle. Black IOPs. Everyone see that? That was Radio Gold, yeah. wasn't it? Fair play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think somebody said to him, you know, do you want to do this? And he's yeah, no problem, I'll do that, thinking he'd be doing it for, you know, 10 seconds. And he and he's on the, he's on there for a good three minutes. Good, <laughs> it's a good three minutes. And it's all, I can, you know, I you think, can see I his think, face. I think that, that three minutes might have been I longer think, I than think the, he, want, he, want, he wanted to be front man, didn't he? He just wanted <laughs> to be out there. 
Right, up next, the Red Red Robin goes Scott Scott bodding along to game by game. Hey, player, what you gonna get for Christmas? Busy Christmas period. Uh, Seasons with six matches over the month of December. Uh, and I, I think I said on the last pod, uh, what 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 game's going to jingle our bells and what match gives us the, gives us the chills? And uh, unfortunately, three out of the last four games have given us the chills with uh, three defeats in four and two back to back. And we're just off the back of at time of recording Saturday the sixteenth of December the two one uh, reversal at home against our broth. Um, it was a, a, a poor game um, overall, I believe. Uh, I've, I've gone to. Twitter mainly, and I'll come to you guys after and just look for some some opinions. And Tommy Chisholm says a pretty appalling result and performance. Started the week with two games against the bottom two, somehow came out of it with no points. Far too many of our squad are simply not good enough for this level, and it showed today. Pretty depressing stuff. Connor Smart says best way to describe today so dis- disappointing. A bubble burst. So disappointing after what was a great two months. I got carried away by that. Two poor goals. Costa switched off at the back. Ed Big Dunk has a lot of work to do next month and Scott Bambi said that was a very very concerning performance dreadful to a man looked infinitely worse with a back four second half Dodds and Robertson have left a complete and utter travesty of a squad Sandy you were at the game it was it was really disappointing I didn't think we started that badly uh, we moved it about well enough we got the ball into the box but we just we looked a bit toothless up top you know we got into good areas there was chances to shoot players weren't shooting and yeah, you just kind of got a feeling that air, uh, sorry, our growth were were going to do something because there was a couple of times where they'd kind of threatened. They they got in front. You could debate whether they deserved to be in front or not. They hadn't really done an awful lot at that point, but we just switched off so badly. And again, it was from a throw-in, which Big Dunk had pointed out after the Morton game. We get level quickly, really nice goal, and I think the hope was it was going to be similar to the Queens Park game. We would kick on. It didn't happen. We switched off again, same side of the pitch. Simple ball into the box, and it's it's a, a well taken header. You know they took two, they took the two chances that came their way in the game. You know they probably couldn't quite believe that they'd been gifted that, and then hope when I saw the change of formation that we would we would take the game to them in the second half. It just didn't happen. Um, I think we had one really good chance in the second half, which was a free header that Gilmore should have put away from a corner. But we have to pass. But we had very little to show for it at the end of the ninety. So. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to argue with what's been said. Chucky, did you do the game? Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was at Capital One the game yesterday, and so, um, so what was the, what was the main difference then? Because obviously we'll talk about Morton in a second, but you would think there would be a reaction to the Morton defeat. So was yeah. there anything changed? Did he approach it differently? Uh, well, no. I mean, they, they they started the game well, and they weren't chasing it. I, I think um, I wrote on Friday, and Duncan Ferguson was keen to point out. I think seven of his ten matches in charge, Kelly Thistle have taken the lead. In them, you know, so they've they've been in control, but um, and and they came uh, back from a goal down against Queens Park to win last week as well, you know. But there was a real determination when you spoke to the players after the Morton game, there would be a reaction. But um, last night, um, there was a, a sense in the stadium and within the group that, that that you know that's just not good enough losing to the two teams that were bottom of the league and into these these games. You know, you can't be doing that if you're wanting to be where you are. And, and you know, they are back in, in the, almost in the scrap that Duncan Ferguson inherited, you know. So um, in terms of the play, yeah, I agree with, with Sandy. He changed things at halftime and um, he said, you know, Duncan was saying the three um, central defenders that he played, you know, the goals are, are coming too cheaply. 
he shook it about at half time, you know, with um, Udjar going off and uh, I think it was Longstaff coming on and, um, you know, it, it didn't really lead to much in our growth. Um, you know, did what they had to do and they took their chances well and it was a, their first win since, uh, like, September 23rd, I think. So, um, yeah, that's right. Really for them. Liam, you, you were at the game. Um, how, how did you find it? All of the above. But, uh, you know, the first half, we played with the sort of five across the middle. And, I, and I've been saying it for a long time. And I've spoken to Cameron Harper before as well about this. He's got the potential to be a machine up and down the flank, right? And when he does do that, and our goal comes from it, actually, um, and I'm on about just the basics of for him to come short up the line and then go down the line and scream for it like he really wants it. And he gets that ball, he he can run that guy ragged. I don't care if the guy's tapping him on the byline. He does that three or four times, the guy's puffing and punting, and next thing you know, you're going to get gaps in behind. Eventually, he done it. He done it a couple of times, actually, but our goal comes from it. Billy scores from it. Um, obviously, the change it. Kami Harper never saw much of it down the left in the second half. It was more of a standard 4-4-2. But, like I said before, I, th- I think, you know, we've got the two guys in the middle as well. When I, I'm looking at, is it um, Gilmore and Anderson? I feel like they're both doing the same role. They're mm. both doing the same job. You've not got a yin and yang there. You've not got one that's coming short, or, or, or even working it between the two. The one that's coming short, and the other one that's trying to play off the front men. You're more getting the the two up front in the second half where one guy try to play off the, the longest guy. Whereas I think if you've got a front man coming short for it and one of the two centre midfielders going in behind, you become an attack threat piercing right through the middle. As well as coming down the flanks if, you're, if your wide guys are going to you know, invest themselves in it. So I think there's ways that we can do better and become more potent with the guys we've got. But I certainly thought that them two, them two guys in there are good football players. I can see that, right? But they're both doing the same job, in my right. opinion. Well, I'll segue into the Morton game because I'll talk about these both these games as a as a package, basically. Um, so Morton on the Tuesday the twelfth, um, yeah, yeah, probably the poorest performance, our poorest performance under the manager to date. I'd say fair play, fair play to Dougie Emery. He did his homework. He set his tactics. He stopped us playing. Our midfield was very flat that game. Um, Weatherspoon was particularly shut down actually. Uh, Brooks goal being the only positive, being a great header. But Stevie, you you were at that game, the Morton game. What was the what were the sort of ne- other than obviously the result? What was sort of them, the negatives that you found from that? I right with the, the midfield. He, he got his tactics spot on. I mean, flooding the midfield. I mean, as, as poor as I've seen as well, Hunter Ferguson. Obviously, we, we were poor at the start of the season, but yeah, at the back a bit ropey. Ujir gives away a, a, a sort of slack header back, and just for a joke, George Oatley goes in and chips the keeper. But great finish. I, I was, but I, I, right back's an issue. Um, I'm not. I'm going to look at picking players, but missing all the stuffy in the last couple of games. Who was really good against Queens Park for went off. I think that's. A weakness in the right hand side. I think long term we need to look at that whether it's going to be Carson or do we need somebody in. But down the right side we were sort of getting penetrated. Um, could not deal with their long throws. Their second goal comes for that when Beard nips into the back to to volley. But structurally we're all over the place. I mean, looked flat, didn't really move. But the back we were as I mean normally the, if you look at the last few games, defence prior to the Queens Park game, brilliant. You know, Uja, Divine, even when we played a three at the back. Um, really solid, but nah, Emery, Emery got it down to a tee, and uh, I, I thought we see a reaction yesterday as we record, but I put a performance, mate, and uh, it's one of those ones where we, we seem to always seem to drop points against teams below us, don't we? We do it against the bigger teams, but just a, a summer story to, 
previous seasons. Lee, what, what do you what do you what do you think the issue is there? We've gone from gone from you know being unbeaten in seven or something to now having three losses in four. Yeah, no, I I have to agree with Riley um, that I think the reason why I'm going to be a bit more harsher on the right back situation. Um, the reason why Uger was in that horrible position that he's in for their first goal is that, see, every time Jake Davidson got it, every time he was trying to win a header, the ball was going left, right and centre. You could never like just clear it up the park. It was just, it was going to go anywhere. So I think he went across to try and cover him at Lansdowne. He has a wild swing at it and obviously Oakley's in. But yeah, Dougie Emery did his homework. He, he said in his post-match interview, he goes, yeah, we kind of surrendered possession to them with it, but they didn't do anything with it. And he was totally right. We we barely second half, um, no, first half, barely um, penetrated them, did absolutely nothing with it. At times it was struggling to string two passes together. It was really the worst I've, I've seen us yeah. all season, really. You talk about Doogie Emery doing his homework there. Stevie, uh, Jim McIntyre had done his homework against, against us for one specific reason being... Best mate is Billy Dodge. So I'm sure he might get a might have a wee email or a, a phone mm. call prior to that game. But I know Jim sees a lot of our games because when Jim was wasn't working after he left Kobe, with a lot of our games. So, uh good manager. And uh, unfortunately for us, it was a win for them yesterday. Paul, well, I've seen some post match. Uh, well, some of, actually some of your interviews. You've been the only guy here that's been able to <laughs> speak to any of the players uh, at the moment. Um, you know, when we were in that good run. People talking about, you know, and very recently, I think it was Morgan Boy says, well, we're aiming for top four, you know, I can see us pushing into top four. Do you think there's been too much of a focus on, well, look what we could achieve, you know, getting into that because we're getting close to that sort of top four or five, um, rather than actually just being pragmatic and doing the things that we're doing in the first few games we're playing? Because there's definitely been a difference. There's definitely been a change and not for, not, not for the good. Yeah, well, I think... Um... The message from the the players is, you know, I, I don't specifically ask about the the top four really because of the position that the, the team are in, but um, you know, quite a few of the players have said that uh, you know just you know gone down the, the road of that the, their focus is getting in the the top four and getting in there quickly. Whereas Duncan Ferguson, even even when they were at, at the at the peak of of this kind of run, was quite strong in the fact that. Um, there's a, a massive job to be done this season because even when they were bagging the results, they weren't pulling away from the table because he, he went in and they had what was it one goal and one point. So it's a big job ahead, and it continues to be. And just on that Morton game and, and tying on what Stevie was saying as well, if we can just add, you know, Lewis Strap came in uh, just the week before. Um, and you know everyone knows what Lewis Strap's capable of. Duncan Ferguson, you know, wouldn't be aware of him yet, but there are guys within the the club that really should have been pointing out the dangers that Louis Louis Strap um, can cause them with the long throws and in, into the the box. And Duncan said afterwards, you know, they they, they just didn't cope with that. But um, yeah, they were up against two managers back to back that know Callie Thistle inside out. You know, and um, mm -hmm. you know they've paid the price. What does Ferguson do now then, Liam? Is it as simple as? He just needs to get players in that are more his style of player. Uh, well, no, I think he, well. I mean, you could say that. I mean, fans tend to want a new manager to bring in new players, but I think he can work with what he's got. Looking at it, because obviously, for me, watching that on Saturday, he's obviously changed it at half time and 
He's out with one style of play and then changed another style of play. Um, and what I was going to say was, you know, just take more time to, you know, apply your method to the team. Um, maybe that's not a known yet. Maybe maybe he's not got the players that he would like to do what it is that he's wanting to do. I don't know. It's one of them. He's, he's hit a, a block in the road now where you're going to have to him and the, the players are going to need to show some character. So now you get to see mm-hmm. this side of it, the character side, how, yeah. how you could come out the other side of this. Yeah. So, Sandy, do you think this is, like Liam says, this is where we're actually going to see what Duncan Ferguson's made of as a manager? Because the the bounce is over. The the ball yeah. is, you know, someone's deflated it. It's, we've lost it. We don't have the bounce anymore. We're un, we're debounced. What happens now? All all depends on how it shakes out in the next few weeks. You know, especially with the January window just round the corner. I agree with what Liam says, though. I think there's there's enough in that squad right now to make a fist of things. Do you think so? Um, because, like I said, in, I, I, on, I do, on Twitter, yeah. Scott Bambi says Dodds and Robertson have left us with the travesty of a squad. But can I just jump in with that? I, I, yeah. I heard you say it. Yeah, I heard I you saying on. that. Right? I don't agree. With neither that. do I. No, I don't neither, neither agree. Do I. And, I, and I'm not a bit. I'm not a big fan of Dodds and Robo, but I I don't think the squad is as bad as people are making out they didn't get a chance to work with it as it is because so many of those players came in so late and obviously Billy Dodds got sacked very quickly afterwards but I don't think it's a bad squad what I'd say is you're missing you're missing that kind of two or three that kind of come off the bench that can make an impact when you need it now that could be the likes of Keith Bray who didn't get on yesterday it could be Sean Welsh who I think probably should have come on at some point and then you've got guys like Aaron Doran who's injured Lewis Nicholson, what about Brooks? Who was what about Brooksy? Is he, is he, yeah, I was yeah. going to get to him as well because he made a decent impact when he came on on Tuesday. So I don't know. I'm making a sweeping assumption. He doesn't appear to trust the players he's got on the bench. Now, I could be wrong, but that's just how it looks over an extended run of games based on the amount of time they get when they come on. Not even include Sheridan, who he brought in. So Have we got a subs well, problem? He... Have we got a subs problem, Steve? I think so. I, 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 I'm agreeing with what Sandy says. He doesn't trust the bench. I mean... Rodney McGregor's another player that will, that will come yeah, back. Yeah, I was going to get like to him like, as well. Yeah, like, there's a few there. I, uh, we've got a quantity. I mean, I don't, we've don't got a lack of, of, of bodies. It's it's maybe the quality, and I don't think he fancies half of them. Um, namely Sheridan, Big Harry. Um, the boys well at Lewis Hyde who's not even getting in the bench as well, who does a, a yeah. decent job at the bench. He's, he's, he's another boy that could get a bit of time, yeah. but it's not a matter of numbers. I just think he doesn't trust his bench or he doesn't he, he doesn't see enough in them to give him yeah. more game time. He, he uses the same players, doesn't he? He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't alternate a lot. It's only it's only really long staff for Shaw that we've seen rotate this week, haven't he? Because yeah. Shaw yeah. was on the bench against Morton and started yesterday. So, barring that, I mean, he's playing Billy and David. I mean, I'm surprised Wallace didn't get minutes yesterday. I mean, it was great to see him start, but maybe in hindsight, he should have rested him to make him fresher for. Look, he looked. He looked. Look, he looked. To me, he looked quite tired yesterday at times. And it goes, um, back to the, it goes back to the point then, does he trust the bench, Sandy? Because if yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree, I, I I agree with you. And I, I think David Martindale listens to this pod, so, um, <laughs> so he's very tired. He <laughs> couldn't, couldn't hack SPL, I, couldn't hack no, Premier League. No, the leg, but, legs, but have, I, legs have gone. <laughs> I do think, though, that there's things that we could do as a team with that boys, without talking about, you know, when's the right time to make a sub, when's not the right time or does he trust his bench without even going into that right whatever said 11 is I, I think that that boys pick, pick whatever 11 you want out of that bunch I think if we had more penetration from the centre of midfield 
Aye, aye. Somebody going in behind regularly, right? And the likes of Kami Hart are going down, I know it's just down the left, but we had some serious joy for a wee while yesterday when he was when he was actually committing to going down that left side and we got a goal from it. Nathan Shaw done well at one point where he possibly should have scored, but he actually created that himself. And he created that from right start, back on the halfway start, line start, somewhere. Started that back on the halfway line, didn't he? Yeah. You know, yeah. so, okay, you could say, well, if he scored that and then maybe if Kami done it a couple more times, you're looking at maybe two or three goals in the first half. It's could have, would have, should have, but I still think that that guys could be winning more games. That personnel. I was agreeing with you earlier when you were talking about that, and I agree with you, the, the Gilmore-Anderson similarities, but that's where I think McGregor could come into the team, because yeah. we, we, we miss a, I mean, yeah. I'm happened back to Andy Shinny days here, but see a number 10, even Doran back in the day, somebody can break the lines, as you said, somebody that, if, yeah. you're, if, you're, if your number 9 drops back, or your 10 drops back, your 8 can go forward, right. you know, and go through the lines. I Roddy McGregor's perfect for that, I agree with you, because I think... Well, do, do, do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you've got Bill, Billy... Mackay tends to play well. He done well. For me, I was watching him. Felt from a wee. I thought he did do well. He got his goal and he, he mm-hmm. drops off. He's getting on in years and whatever, but he knows the game. He drops off. He takes it in and he brings others into the game. However, Wotherspoon's clearly a good player as well. But the two of them like coming off. The, the two of them like coming off, and then the two centre midfielders, they they like coming off. So you've got two forwards that like dropping in for it, and you've got two midfielders that like dropping in for it. But you've got yeah, nobody actually. I don't break it's very congested, doesn't it? Aye, aye. Aye. Yeah. I mean, long, long term, I'm working on a tangent here. You could see, I could see Wallspoon playing that 10 and getting our strength yeah. in. It'd be decent playing up top. That would be a good idea. And then Wallspoon could be the guy that drops back but then breaks the lines when needed. But yeah. still need a body in there. But I think if, if we didn't sign him, Liam, I think McGregor could be that boy that, that breaks the lines because he's, yeah. he's, he's great as number 10. So, aye, no, I get your point. I think, I think Gilmore and... They're all they're all really they're, they're, they're all really flex they're all really flexible as well. You know, Weatherspoon could be that ten, Shaw could be that ten, Rod, you could do it. You could you could switch it about throughout games because we've done that before in the past with other players and it's worked a treat at times. Exactly. And as long as they're putting service into Billy, Billy's gonna get chances and you know, all been well, he's gonna get goals from that if it does come. But there's definitely ways you can tweak that squad right now the way it is to make it work. I, I agree. Definitely. I think as far as squads go. Our squad's right up there. What I will say is Wraith Rovers, for me, is the best oh, side I've seen. I don't, I don't know if you... Oh, yeah. no, I, mean, I, I totally agree. We'll come on to them in a second. Uh, we'll, go, we'll, just, we'll talk about the game we actually won here. Um, we'll talk about some good football um, <laughs> that we have seen Saturday 9th of December. Um, Queen's Park result, what was that? 4-1. Max Anderson level, second half goals by Uger. Wotherspoon and a Billy penalty. Uh, and we moved up to sixth at the time. And... Duncan Ferguson was shown a red card and Spider's boss Robin Veldman was shown the door. Stevie, you were at the game. You enjoy yourself. A great wee day, aye. The, the, the coupon came up. It was all good, boys. Yeah, you know, but... <laughs> what coupon was that? Tell everyone what's... Oh, ah, we, always like a coupon in this pod. Over over two and a half goals under nine and a half corners. Billy and Spoonie to score any time. So a nice wee return. Which, That's ridiculous, that. I know. Aye, but if, if you check Twitter, <laughs> then you'll see it. But I'm, I'm not shouting because the missus might hear me. Anyway, so we were. Uh, aye, it was good. It was good. Um, miserable day. I mean, great, great day for a pub crawl, but pissing down the rain. But um, I thought we started pretty, pretty poorly again. I was a bit worried they scored five or ten minutes at early doors. If, if one of you boys will remember, but it was early doors. Um, but yeah, we just love playing that pitch. And I mean, it's it's the same dimensions as Cali Park. I mean, it just looks massive, doesn't it, because of the stadium? But 
we just seemed to play well in it. I mean, I thought the rain helped us maybe knock the ball about. Um, Waspian's goal was a peach. Um, I had to see it, I had to see it on Sunday because I was taking a piss when he scored. But yeah, ball <laughs> against live was good. But no, great. I mean, I'm sweating when Billy took the penalty, but great all-round performance. Um, only probably downside of the day is seeing Duffy going off, who I thought was brilliant. But that's obviously causes the last two games after it. But no, great performance against a an average Queen's Park team who are who are right at the level where they should be. I think the bubble's really and truly burst there, but no, nah, great day out overall. Paul, you would at this one in a working capacity. What, what was your thoughts? Yeah, and the, the thing about the Queen's Park game is, you know, Queen's, uh, I don't think they lost to Cali Thistle last season, you know, so they look like no. the, the bogey side that had got the, the measure of Inverness and, uh, you know, the opening day of the season win at the Caledonian Stadium and when they uh, scored after 10 minutes, you know, just um, slow reactions in, in the box and, and they, they took the lead. You're thinking, well, here here we go again, you know, a, a team that hadn't won in, in ages. But um the big difference was there was a there was no panic. There was a, a belief that uh, you know they, they, they had 80 minutes to turn it around and they 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 stuck to the game plan and some some fabulous um goals. Motherspoon's the, the pick of the, the bunch as well. And I think, you know, Duncan got criticized um was it the week before maybe against Wraith for taking off um Billy and um, and uh, David Witherspoon, and, and of course, I think Wraith scored when both players were off the, the pitch. And um, I think he's kind of reluctant to do that, no matter how deep the, the match goes now, you know. So um, yeah, I think it was late goals at, at Hamden. But yeah, Cali Thistle enjoy Hamden. And it was a big, big result. And it should have set the tone for a big week. You know, you're mm-hmm. playing teams more than you. And um, I, I know that sounds like disrespectful to any team in the championship just because they're below you, you should win. But if you want to be... Um, even fourth place, you need to be putting these teams away, and that's the frustration. And um, I spoke to Mark Ridgers um, last night for for Monday's paper, as, as it is, and there's a real sense that that happens too often at Cali Thistle. Um, you know, these teams that you know their best performances do come against you know the likes of Dundee United this season. And um, he said over the years, these kind of fixtures are the ones that have really cost them, and that's why they're they're still in the championship. Liam, have you played at Hamden? Yeah. I played at Hamden against uh, Dunfermline, the Scottish Cup semi. Right, remember that one? Ah, uh, that was that was a good one. That was uh, Paul Dreamboy scored, and then uh, Brew equalised. Ah, we played the replay right. with Audrey. What was uh, what what was, what are the thoughts? And because obviously it's a big big experience. Your first time playing at Hamden, Scottish Cup semi final. Uh, it was great. It was brilliant. It was a whirlwind that just came and went, and it was like what happened there. It's over, you know. But um, we done well in the replay as well, Audrey. Uh, but they, they were saying there about size of the pitch. Cali Park's a big pitch. I remember I getting asked one time leading up to a game. I, I can't remember playing Celtic in, in the Scottish Cup. And it was ah, they'll, they'll not like the tight park. I said, it's not a tight park. It's massive. It's as big as their park. But 2,000 fans at Hamden. Eerie, though. I mean, we made yeah. a lot of noise, but it's just weird. You know, you're the corner of the South Stand, it just looks stupid. We Big Duncan Ferguson marching up and down the, the top tier, like, <laughs> yeah. a, like a caged tiger. But how, do you, how did you find it, Lee? Is a bit, was that a bit, obviously, significantly different from the last time you were at Hampton? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> on the atmosphere and that, it's just, like, we brought a, like, a, a decent away support, and it was just trying to get, a, like, they were trying to get an atmosphere, and it's just absolutely awful. You can yeah. hear absolutely everything. And that's why Duncan Ferguson gets sent off, in my opinion, because he'll have said something, and they all have heard it, but norm- normally in a game you wouldn't have heard anything. Um, on the game itself, that that's why it's so annoying that we um, the the next two performances because I text my dad who wasn't at the game. And I was like, we were absolutely brilliant. I thought we were 
like this is just going to be us and then going to uh, Morton on Tuesday and um, I was just strutting in there with all the confidence in the world that we were going to do them over but so how well we played just didn't um, add up in the next two games yeah. it's annoying all right. Well, Liam touched on it very briefly a few minutes ago. Let's talk about Wraith Rovers, Saturday the 2nd of December. Um, for the first time in our history, we lose consecutive games to Wraith Rovers. But what a Wraith team this is this season, Sandy. I, yeah. I tipped them to start a season for the league, but they are they are very good, aren't they? They're, they're flying and you could see it very early on. Probably the most impressive team performance I've seen this season from a, from a side. Just the the way they play, the way they press teams, they've got bundles of experience and you can see that just all over the pitch. You know, boys that have played in the Championship for a long time and the Prem. And the first half for us was just a complete non-event. We could barely get out of our own box and we were very lucky not to be behind. And, you know, we came out better in the second half. We took the lead and the longer we held it, I thought we might actually sneak it. And then, you know, things kind of happened how they happened in the, the last five Louis Vaughan gets gets his shot away right at the end there. I thought Mark Ridgers maybe could have done a bit better because it seemed to go under him. And then right at the day, we give away a really silly penalty. Longstaff gives it away. And uh, I think it was the boy Gallon. He stuck it right in the top corner. How was that for confidence? I mean, yeah. right at the end of the game, right in front of his own fans, and he plants it right in the postage stamp area. It's just a sign of how good they are. You know, we talked about it in the build-up to the game. They love they love late goals, and even since they've played us, they've they've scored more late goals in games. I don't think they've actually dropped any points since they played us either. They've gone top. They look good on it. I mean, the way they are right now, I fancy them to win the league. I don't really see it. And they're just off a, a one 0 win at Tannadice as well. Exactly, that's yeah. a statement of intent in itself. What was very noticeable for me was the amount of guys they had that were very comfortable on the ball, take eye in any area of the pitch, taking it in. Taking it in deep areas with with the view of like hurting the opposition, we we had to really watch when when certain Wraith players were getting on it because they could make something happen. Now that's a big difference, and I think actually now Dundee United, uh, you know, big Jim Jim Goodwin's a mate of mine's, but I think you know they, they're now potentially going to have to go through you know playoffs, and that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough going. And uh, Jim Goodwin uh, was on a podcast that you yeah. you. Uh, you sent me a link to recently, and uh, on, and Jim Goodwin is was a nutter, a nutter of a player back in the day, and he described you as a psycho, didn't he? I was I was going to ask this to Liam. I watched the same podcast, but he never divulged a few stories, Liam. I think you need to open up about here and tell us about them. But why why did he not say he thought I was a good player? Could he not just say Eileen was a good player? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't divulge at all. No. <laughs> Did you room with Jim and Celtic? Aye, aye. We were uh, mates right from the off. We went full time at the same time, so I knew each other quite well. Was uh, John Paul McBride in the same um, team as you? Oh, John Paul McBride, legend. And, I, know, I know John Paul. I know him well. Oh, um, well, you get a chance. Tell him I was asking for him. And tell aye. him, uh, now, John Paul McBride, there's a few things. I think I've said this to you before when I've been showing my boys how to play football as they grew up. And the, the, the Winer Shuffle was one, the Winer's Drag, and the J.P. McBride is another. It's, it's just phenomenal. Was a young boy. What a player! Eh? What a he player. was. He was just a flawed genius. That's all. No, I know. I know. Well, that's a different podcast, Moff. But a few stories about John Paul McBride for another one. 
<laughs> All right, uh, right. We've done it. We've done. We've done the football tactics talk. Let's have a let's have a bit of crap now. Uh, up next, an actual real life interview with a Cali Thistle person, sort of. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers. Spit that. Well, well, well. Right now, a very special guest who is killing in the name of Kilmarnock in the Scottish Premiership at the moment, as we expected that he would. He talks taking on the big guns and reflects on his time in Inverness. It's Robbie Dees. Hey, player! So first of all, let's talk about ICT. How has it been then the last few weeks? You've been, you've been playing out your skin, mate, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, thank you. Uh, no, it's been good. I've, uh, I'm, I'm loving it just now. Um, I mean, we've had a few big results against Old Firm. Um Started the season flying. Uh, we had a bit of a bump with results, but we were still playing well. Uh, and I'm just really enjoying being at Kilmarnock. Um, I'm really, really well looked after, and it's it's made it a lot easy the transition to to move clubs. So no, it's it's been great, and I'm really enjoying it. Ah, uh, you do you a few suitors obviously, and I bumped into you there night when you were watching our game at Morton, and I think the manager probably a big part of how you moved there as well because he seems like a, a good gaffer to play under. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky that I did speak to. To some really good managers, and um, it was hard to say to to say no to to McInnes, eh, the gaffer, sorry, and um, he, he spoke really well, and I mean his reputation kind of speaks for himself. Is 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 how well he's done, and how he's he set his teams up in the past probably suits me as a player, and um, he sold the club really well. And to be fair, it's everything he's he said, and it's it's um. I mean, I can't. I've got no regrets at all for for signing for the club. It's it's been a, it's been amazing so far, and I feel like it's only going to get better, which is the important thing, and, and it's the happy thing for me. So yeah. And uh, also, you never played with them there, but a couple of some nice boys there, Big Marley and and Polly, who you who you car share with, don't you? Yeah, car share with Polly and uh, Big Marley's there as well. who all speak very highly of the Morness. So no, it's good. The both of them are great lads, and. Uh, uh, it's quite lucky. It's funny that the fact that the three of us all played with Inverness before. And how's your step up been there? I mean, people always say this and I, and I think it's true. Like the bottom, obviously you guys are flying, but see the sort of bottom end of the Premier League, there's not much difference to the top end of the championship. So has it been a easy tra- not easy transition, but has it been smoother than what you'd you first thought? Uh it hasn't, it hasn't. Um I was actually took aback how well uh, how how good uh, the training and, and the quality is at Kilmarnock not that I didn't think it was going to be bad and I was lucky enough at Inverness I felt like we had a lot of players that could go and play in the Premiership you look at Allardyce who's made a step up at Ross County there's players like Billy who've played at the top level and stuff like that so in a sense was training at Inverness and, and, and playing with the boys I was playing with possibly Premiership players anyway um, but uh yeah, no, like the trends, it was it was tough to begin with, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the step up. I always wanted to play at the highest level possible, and um, I'm currently I'm currently doing that right now. And play this is the highest uh, I've ever played, so I'm I'm enjoying it. And um, as I said, I feel like it's only going to get better, which is the exciting thing. You sort of went a long way back to the top, didn't you? Obviously, be the Celtic. But you think your sort of trajectory has been probably ideal way, wasn't it? Obviously, got to count Beast and first alone and Alloston, which was successful. Then that's obviously where we got you from. And you think that's been beneficial to how you're playing now having that long road back yeah 100 percent. but the thing is like when i left celtic i still had a year left in my contract and i could have stayed for another year but um albeit i i made the step up to inverness i i was only a really a reserve player at celtic um 
I kind of knew early on it's it's really it's nearly impossible to break through in a Celtics team. So you take I take my hat off to the likes of Stephen Welsh, who's on my team, and Michael Johnson, who are going and they've played so, how many games for the club and. Um, for me to, to to move to Inverness at the time was a step up for my career. So um, yeah, no, I would think I'd like to think a lot of people would look at how I've done it and would say it's the best way because I've worked my way through the leagues. I've learned from a young age, and um, I've played with some some great players and worked under some great managers. And even at Cowden Beath, I, I worked with the assistant uh, Gary Bolton now. So like that just shows like. How lucky I've been to 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 play under certain managers and play with players because there's some great players that play in League Two as well. So, um, each season I I felt like I was learning and and getting better and better. So yeah, that's exactly how it's kind of went. So what would you one player signed? Obviously we got Adam, you you would you'd have been there before, but Adam Brooks came from Celtic. I think he get off the contract with Celtic. He knocked it back. So you done what you done? Sort of you left early. He's taking the, the gamble. I know he done well in the youth championship last season. He's not too many starts, but what sort of advice would you give for him? Because it's obviously a an opportunity to play first team football rather than playing in the B team, isn't it? Uh, I think he's done the right thing, hundred percent. Um, it's tough. He's it's probably the first time he's moved away from home. I remember when I first moved up to Inverness, it was um, it was it was different. That was the first time I'd moved away from. Well, it was the first time I'd properly moved away from home. It's uh, it takes time, but um, Inverness, it's clear. It's, it's they oper- they give players opportunity to go and play and to prove themselves and. I think uh, when Brooksy gets a chance, I've heard great things about him, and he seems like a great lad uh, that he'll take his opportunity. And but you just need to kind of take your time uh, and trust the process. Really, is the old cliche saying, but it's true. Um, and he's got the he's got the likes of Billy Mackay uh, to learn from, and he, I hope he does learn from because Billy's one of the best strikers uh, there is about. So he's got somebody good to look up to. No, oh, Brian. So you saw us all night. Was that the first time you've seen us since you've been away in person? Yeah. So. Just the schedule's quite hectic at Kilmarnock, and I was going to go to the game at Hamden against Queens at the weekend, but I had the game on the Sunday, and I didn't want it to be sitting out in the cold and stuff. So yeah. I said, said to myself, if I don't go Saturday, I'll go on Tuesday. Um, so no, it was the first time I've seen. I speak to the, the some of the boys every day. I'm still really close with like Sakami Harper and stuff. So it was nice to see them, and albeit the result was it was a it wasn't a good a good one. Um, but I can see a big difference. In them from uh, beginning of the season. How would you think you'd have fared under a Duncan Ferguson shirt sure then? How would that be as opposed to Billy? Totally different characters there. Yeah, I, I think I would really enjoyed it. Um, it seems like he gets them working hard, and I've heard training's really tough, which I think I would really enjoy. So, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, his, his kind of stature speaks for himself, and he's he's clearly backing up with the results. And uh, there's that feel good factor about the club again. I can I can see that, uh, which is the most important thing. You mentioned Gary Bowling then, obviously Gary's come in as assistant and Gary's managed at Cowden B, I think Foffer as well. He's got a good pedigree as well, he sort of helped Duncan along, isn't he? Yeah, I love my time at Cowden Beath playing under him and I learnt, honestly, I learnt so much. I think that was the most I've ever learnt in a season, making that step up from uh, reserve football, youth football to men's football. It was a completely different ball game and it's made me, it's, it's the progress to make me in the centre half I am today, which I, I'm, I'm thankful for playing under him. And I, I was also playing, uh, his assistant at the time was Mark Fotherham in, in Flax. Obviously Fotherham's been in Germany and, and down in England and Flax is working, I'm, I'm not sure if he's still, he's working at St Johnston. So as I said, like, albeit people maybe would have frowned upon playing at Cowdenbeath in League 2, but I was playing under some of the, the best coaches you can get and playing with some great players that have had great careers. And uh, 
I love my time playing under Gary, albeit I was scared him a little bit. <laughs> I looked at that's a scary character. I mean, so let's talk about Christmas time then. So Christmas nights out, first of all, right? So with a few boys on and gave us a few PC answers, mate. Vanilla ones, mate. So I don't want it too spicy, but any whether it be a Burnes, Cowden Beath, Celtic, Alwa, or even you, you won't have to your command one yet, mate. So any any nights out that you can share a, a couple of stories that were memorable? Uh... I've got uh, plenty of memorable stories, but I'm just not sure I can, I can share them. Um, to be fair, first night, my first uh, Christmas do at Inverness, we, it was actually my second year because COVID restrictions stopped us the first year. We, um, we were down in Glasgow and <laughs> we were walking from, I think we're going from one pub to another and it was a busker on the side of the street and we ended up, we all had Christmas jumpers up and then... Uh, Obviously, big Allardyce, big stupid Allardyce decided that he was going to take the mic and uh, start singing and had a, it was basically the full team were in the middle, like just a Buchanan Street off singing, uh, I think it was Jason Mraz or something, I can't remember, but he was, uh, he had that, that's probably the only PC one I can tell you right now. I'll take that, I'll take that. Yeah, just, there was a few, but I, I'm not sure I should say it on the on the podcast. All right, mate, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep my mind from our time, mate. Um, Secret Santa's, mate. I don't know if you do that in, in football anymore, but what's the best, <laughs> worst, or most entertaining Secret Santa you've had or given out? I never we never done it in Burness. Uh, I done it at youth at Celtic, and um, I got uh, I had Stephen Welsh, okay. and um, I don't know if you've ever seen them between us. Oh. I- I thought you would have, and you know the, the the movie, and they've got the pink t-shirts, and it's got like Pussy Patrol. Aye, so aye. I got Stephen Welsh, one of those. Um, I got given everyone think everyone says I'm like diehard Scotland fan and all that carry on, and I got given <laughs> a William Wallace figure and mm. other stuff. Um, but we've actually got our Secret Santa. We're doing it this year at Kelly, but we've not um we've not given out the presents yet. I actually need to get myself sorted and get that bought because it's it's due n- next weekend. Um, but to be fair, I've not done it. Uh, that I do it within my family and stuff. To be fair, um, but nah, I normally get the big sh- like I get my ears slaughtered. The people say I've got big ears and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's a thing anymore. A few offices do it, but I don't know if it was a, a thing in football. So Christmas period, Rob. Before we wrap up, then do you like playing Christmas? Because for fans, we love it. Because like mm-hmm. from an we've got we've got parties this all way next Saturday, the twenty third, as we record, and then couple of New Year's games so it's worked out pretty alright for the boys because you don't have that Boxing Day game this year but what yeah. it's like for Command which your schedule like but do you, do you like it or you, you're just that you're that used to it now aren't you so uh, you know what I, my three years at Inverness we never played Christmas games because they all got called off because of the weather Um, right. well every box we played Party Thistle last year it's weird yeah, because but, you were well, I was injured football. I was injured anyway that's right but even the year before it got, we had Dunfermline it got called off so that I feel like this is my first season that I feel like everyone talks about December being the busiest schedule for football. In the past week, we had uh, Hearts, Aberdeen, Celtic, and now we've got uh, we play Livingston at the weekend, and after that, we then play something like the twenty third, the twenty seventh, the thirtieth, and the second. So we're back to back games, and uh, which is really exciting because you don't really train, but you you get that buzz for the game the whole time, and. Um, Obviously, you need to behave yourself the Christmas period, and and so this is going to be the first time where I feel like I'm probably gonna, uh, have that feeling about all the games just because of how unfortunate we've been. But every time I was in Inverness, the games were called off. Ah, okay, so, so 
what's what's a Christmas day like the D's household down here? Are we <laughs> traditional turkey in the trimmings, mate? What's is it? I um my uncle does the my uncle Paul makes of Livingston uh, fame for anyone who's listening, yeah. Paul was uh, the next uh, pro, yeah. Okay. Cockaleaky soup. Right, okay, nice. Best ever. Um, I get slaughtered for it every time I bring it up. Um so he makes a, a mean soup and then mm-hmm. usual Christmas dinner, turkey trimmings, uh, loads of pinks and pigs in blankets, parsnips, oh, the lot. Honestly, Christmas dinner is one of the that's my favourite. Uh, people ask me my death row meal and I normally say a Christmas dinner. Um, oh, no, nice. I've got quite a big family for, uh, on my dad's side and uh, they no- normally everyone brings in a, a dessert. So we've got like five desserts, end up having like five desserts on the table. And my mum makes a chocolate orange cheesecake, which is amazing. Oh, oh mate, mate, mate. So you're not... taking for Christmas Day and you're up and back then? How's it, how's it playing out this year? Uh, I'll be home on Christmas Day, um, but I'll need to come back through on at night because I'm training on Boxing Day. Right. Um, so I'll get to see all the family and that. So that's... Just want one or two bits of cheesecake then, I just keep some in the pocket for Boxing Day after uh, training? I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. Brilliant. Right, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. It's great to see you, mate. It's great, great you're doing so well. I know most fans always keep an eye out for you how your performance are doing, mate, you're flying. So. No, no, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Always a pleasure to get him on the pod. Um, did you have to go through the Kilmarnock to get him? No, no. He, he sat behind me at Morton, um, which uh, was handy on Tuesday night, mate. He was, he was there with his, his missies and I uh, asked him, and yeah, you don't have to go through media teams and uh, front office to get a player, but um, maybe maybe ICT can can uh, talk to him about that. But no, I would say he was more willing to come on, mate, and uh, yeah, yeah, nice and eager to talk to us for a change. I love the, ch- I mean, I'm getting excited. I mean, we're a week we're a week away from Christmas the time you record this, and uh, the cock-a-leaky soup and his mum's chocolate orange cheesecake was getting me excited. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Um, he talks about, you know, he he's taken well to the Premiership because he played, because he, he said he played with Premier um, level players at yeah. ICT, Paul. What do you make of that? that yeah, that's uh, that stood out to me when I, I heard it. You know, um, I think you know, Steve was asking about the the difference between the the top end of the championship and uh, you know being in the the Premiership and come on have, have really kind of kicked on um, since they they've gone up. You know, and Robbie's clearly enjoying his football, but it, it's a, a big compliment to. Tim Furnessa and the, the players and, and and the training that he enjoyed it at the club that. Um, you know the the group that he was around. You know, Cali Thistle having come so close to to promotion, especially that that night at St St Johnston. You know, where it was nil nil at Perth and the tie was at two two. Um, you know, that's how close they they were away from being in the in the Premiership. So um, yeah, it shows that uh, you know I think everyone was was gutted. Obviously, when when Robbie left the the club, we all knew he was uh, capable of, and it's good to see him really kick on. And I think did he not get man in the match in, in that victory over Celtic last week? And I think mm-hmm. um, just on on that, you know, he he has really settled in and excelled at Premiership level. And um, when Celtic or Rangers lose games, there's normally a bit of uh, misfortune. But that Kilmarnock team mm-hmm. were dominant in the way they took care of it, and Robbie was a big part of that. It's good to have Liam on because. Asked him about Adam Brooks. Liam had a uh, similar back growing up with Celtic that, that Robbie did. Robbie sort of took a, a gamble, let leaving Celtic early. And I think the way Robbie's done it, going to, he was at Cowdenbeath at Lone under Gary yeah. Bowen, which is small world. But see, going to Alloa and then Timberness to, to Kilmarnock, I think that's made him a better player. I don't know if Liam, you'd agree. You could see leaving Celtic 
it's a big, it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a big gap in your life. It's all you've known as a kid and brought through the right way. So, is yeah. that something you'd agree with? You sort of done it the right way. It may be the long way, but it's probably the right way for him. Isn't uh, it? Um, I, I actually think they are. Uh, it's credit to him, but I, I don't know if that's hindsight. He's able to now go see what I done worked, right? But I actually just think that he's a good player that would have been able to do that anyway. No, okay. That's what I think. I think you know, fair play. You know, he has. He's done. He's he's played through the levels and that, um, and it's worked out for him. There's maybe there's maybe other players that probably could have. You know, your tribe, P. McBride, is a prime example. Right. They probably could have played at the top level to begin with, but when they went down, they never came back, no. you know? So um, it's worked out for, for these, and he's done well, but I think he had that ability anyway. You know? I think he's picked, picked his team well. So I remember when he was at Aloha, who was the old defender at Aloha? I always forget his name. He played oh, he's the manager now. Yeah, Andy really, Graham. Really yeah, so I think he's, he, he's taught well when obviously cut Broadfoot. Top um, these I think are two as well. I think he's picked his moves well, Liam as well. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Aye. he's made it. I think he's made the right moves with the right people around him. That's maybe took him up a little notch. Aye. I think I think when it works for you like that, it's a, it's a, it's a good story, and it, and it means that every stage has been a good grounded for him. Yeah, Aye. Aye. He talks about uh, you said he meant he worked under ball in there at Cowden Beef, Stevie. Um, Sandy, do you think he says actually, Sandy? Um, he learnt more in that season under Bolin than he had in any other season. Do you think Bolin's going to be like a, a, a key? I mean, he's an assistant manager, but you never know how important assistant managers are, how much say they have. Do you think he's going to be a really key figure in our season going ahead? I would have thought so. I mean, I don't think Dunk would have taken him in otherwise. You know, he's he's coached and he's managed at sort of various levels of lower league for a long time now. He had a pretty distinguished playing career himself, especially in Scotland. I certainly wouldn't want to mess with Gary Ball, and I've seen the scowl on his face when he's out, uh, sort of for the warm-ups. I wouldn't want to mess with him at all. Um, so uh, no, nah, I, I bet he's I got. I bet he's got one of those. Uh, what are those dogs? What are those dogs like? Evans. Excel bully. I bet he's got an Excel bully. Yeah. I was going to say Doberman. No, nah, I mean Robbie. Uh, when, when Robbie was speaking about Doberman, him, that's a, he, very spoke. He spoke really highly of him, but at the same time, I couldn't help but detect a wee hint of fear when he was working under him at the same time um, but it sounds like it sounds like Gary gave him plenty to take in his career and I'm hoping that he'll be able to do the same with the boys that we've got just now uh, Best part of the interview for me Stevie was um, when you said that Bolin looks like a scary character it looks like you He's <laughs> I'm the Santa version of Gary Bolin. I, <laughs> I can vouch I can vouch for Bolin actually I played against Gary Bolin years ago when I was Playing with the reserves at Celtic, and he was at Livingston, I think. Yeah. Um, I think Gobble was there at the time as well. So he's uh, he is what he is, you know. I think he does make a difference, and he will make a difference because thinking back, when I think of the partnership with Robbo and Parky, Parky was a big, big part of what that why the team enjoyed what they were doing day to day. And from speaking to a couple of boys just now. They are enjoying their, their day-to-day work. So Yeah, final thing, really, Robbie Dees, yeah, doing brilliant at Kilmarnock, and it was an absolute pleasure for him to take the time to speak to you, Steve, and to speak to the pod. Um, but realistically, Paul, how long is he going to be at Kilmarnock? Part of that will be dependent on how Kilmarnock's season goes. You know, I think the, the Kilmarnock group seem to be um, enjoying working under Derek McInnes and, um, you know, what they they can achieve this season. You know, they've... they've um, Drawn a game at Livingston the, the day before we were recording this, and um, the big question after Kilmarnock beat Celtic was, can they be winning the you know against the the rest of the league to to become uh, pushers for European football? And um, 
you know, if they can be in, in that mix and uh, Robbie enjoys his football, why why should he leave Rugby Park? Did you not see him play English Championship, Lee? Yeah, I think he, he could go as far as he really wants to. Yeah, he's got every attribute, really, um, for me. And also, the left side, the centre-halves, they're like hen's teeth, aren't they? So, um I think he can play at whatever level he really wants to. It's it's up, up to really Robbie D's. I think he'll get a good move. Um, I don't think he'll be at Comar very long because I think they're going to have a really good season. Oh, man. Right, this pod is more festive than a packed Les Fridge on Christmas Eve. Up next, the ICT Tinsel tin- 11. That didn't really work. For McDonald, I'm the castle, Liverness men, Weechies, Hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's Pizzas, Tourist City, Farland Park, the Library, Spectrum Center, Molly Story, Colony Central, the Golden Mile, Music Center, Maalang. Right, the ICT Christmas 11. I'm, I'm calling this the Inverness Christmas Donian Tinsel FC. We've looked at hundreds of players that have donned the blue and red over the last 29 years, and we think we have come up with the definitive Christmas 11. So uh, I'll kick off. Well, we'll, go, we'll go goalkeeper first, then, will we? Has anyone got a goalkeeper? Nicky Walker, shortbread. That'll do. Well, obvious one. It's a good one, Chopio. I was going to go Brussel Brown. Ah. Oh, that's... <laughs> he's oh, knocked that's... out of the, the park there. Brussel Brown. Brussel Brown, that's the goalkeeper. Right back. Anyone got a right back? I've got Mike Treesdale. Like it. Left back. Oh, anyone, anyone got any more right backs? No, nah, right, left oh. back. I've got Cameron Christmas Hamper. Oh, should I add that as well? Did you? The same one? Yeah, yeah. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron Hamper, no joke. Cameron Christmas Harper. Right, that's got to be it. That's alright, I've got a plan B for my own left back, that's fine now. you got I'm another good. left back? Who? Y- yeah. What? Morgan Morgan Toys. Morgan Toys, that's good. Uh, uh, right, good. Cameron Christmas Harper or Morgan Toys? What's going on? Cameron Christmas Harper. Right, Cameron, I've got, Cameron I've got Morgan Christmas Harper. Centre backs, I've got. I actually just looked at my notes from a Christmas podcast <laughs> I did two years ago. Uh, Daddy do Holly Vine. Bobble Man. <laughs> I like it. And uh, partnering him is uh, Brad Tidings Mackay. Oh, that's very good. I had, um, it's not a pun, but it goes, Mark Schramm, because every good nativity needs a donkey. Oh, <laughs> okay. we're going to have to go through. That, that's so good, we're going to have to go three at the back. Uh, okay, let's move on to centre midfield. I've got a little town of Bethley Harry Henham. Big and deep, yeah. That's all right, yeah. I've got a pairing of uh, Brassel Duncan and Christy Kringle. Um, I've got Larnell Bag of Coal. Very good. <laughs> good Very one. good. I like it. Also, nobody remembers him, so well done. Paul Cherry Cake. I've got a reindeer called Donner Cowie. <laughs> Excellent. Boxing Day indigestion? You need a Connor Rennie. <laughs> <laughs> talk about got... Toy McBain now. Toy McBain. Put him on the bench. <laughs> Strikers. Uh, I've got Harry Lord of Vic- ha- Harry Lord of Vickers are very busy this time of year. I had uh, Connor Connor bells. Eric Audi um, Bohoho. That's got to go in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Bear with me with this one. 
I've got Cillian, share if you believe in life after love, Dan. <laughs> Which technically yes. isn't a Christmas song, but it sounds like it. <laughs> You've just been choked to use that, haven't you? Any, That's any, a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, oh, I've got one I missed out at centre half. Morgan, Little Drummer Boys. Right, That's so what we go, what are we going to go with? We're going to go for Nicky Walker, Shortbread for goalkeeper. Yeah. Mike Treesdale at right back. Cameron, Christmas Harper at left back. Bobble oh, Matt. I've got, I've got a right back in there. Who? Ron Cocktail Rooney. No. I prefer Mike Treesdale. Ah, okay, sorry. I can't remember. Uh, Bobo Man, Brad, what was it, Brad Mackay one? Tidings Mackay. Brad Tidings Mackay, centre half. Max Ram, just that's a belter. Uh, third centre half. Midfield of Donner Kerry, Toy McBain, Paul Cherry Cake, and what was the other one? Oh, Russell, Russell Duncan. Um, there's not a lot of width in this team. And uh, <laughs> up front, we're going to go. It's difficult, that. I like Eric. Odi, what was it? Ambo ho ho ho. Him up front with uh, right, Silly and Share. If you believe in life after love, Dan. There you go. And they and they're going to be and they and they're going to release a Christmas single. It's going to be called "A Rumpa Pump Pumped" by our both. And now another ghost of Christmas past comes to visit a man who could spray passes around like John McLean did bullets in the Nakatomi Tower, a true Cali Crystal legend and a big Everton fan. He talks his time in Inverness and the appointment of Big Dunk. It's Greg Tanzi. So, delighted to welcome an old friend of the pod. It's been a few years and who better to talk about all things Everton and Big Duncan Ferguson than uh, Greg Tanzi. How you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Good to see you. It has it has been a long time. You're right. Ah, I know, mate. I know you were you were on these podcasts when we first started out, mate. When we were yeah. back in the day, and been a while, mate. I'm a, I'm still a subscriber, by the way. So I'll I'll <laughs> I'll do a few here and there when I when I get get the chance. So yeah, good, good man, mate. So yeah, you've been there. Now. We were just chatting before we recorded. Obviously, it's been I was been to the tavern again. Four or five years, and it? it seemed it seemed a lot longer though. But then again, you still look like you can kick a ball. But how's how's life been treating you the last sort of four years? When you when you retire as a professional, you literally don't know anything else. It, it's almost it's similar. I know, you know, football is nowhere near in the same sort of ilk, but it's similar to being in the army, where you are regimented. You're regimented on what you eat, um, what time you get into training, what time you finish, what you do afterwards, then your games, what time you've got to prepare. It, you're very regimented, so. When I first retired, it was a big struggle. It was a big struggle. I'll be, I'll be honest. About six months there, where I was thinking, what, what am I going to do? But, but yeah, now, now I'm loving it, mate. I'm loving it. I suppose now I've got a sort of I've got a career that I, I'm, I'm looking to do when I'm in now. So, yeah, keeping busy is the main thing, mate. But I'm enjoying it. I know because obviously you dealt with a long period of injury and stuff, and it was all up and down. I mean, you, 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 you just struggles, but was it? It was taken away from you too soon, so that probably made it harder to sort of acclimatise to working in the big bad world, didn't it? Because you didn't have that time to prepare, because you just thought you'd still be playing. Probably, probably now you still be playing. Oh, what thirty five, thirty six? So you could still be playing. Thirty five now. Uh, mm. My missus will tell you I don't. I don't act like a thirty five year old. <laughs> but I do naturally sort of plan things and try and keep my head on my shoulders with with sort of finances and stuff like that. But I wasn't expecting it that early, so. Again, with the the way it happened and stuff like that, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that again. But mm. yeah, there was a I was quite bitter 
for six months, six, seven months. I wasn't a nice guy to be around, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is, unfortunately, this is something that's going to happen to every single professional footballer out there. So my only bit of advice would be to, to get things planned early, earlier than expected, and don't, don't be waiting until the last minute. No, I agree, mate. I agree. Well, no, you're, you're doing well, mate. That's good. So let's let's talk about Duncan Ferguson because you've got good family connections with the club. Your granddad played for many years at Everton. You're a lifelong toffee. What's, what, what's it was like sort of growing up watching Duncan Ferguson? Because any Everton fan, we've had a few up at the games in the last few yeah. months, obviously, watching him. And he's an icon down there. I mean, for a guy that he, he never played that long, did he, with Everton? I mean, he went to Newcastle and no. came back. But yeah. everyone loves him, don't they? I think, I think, like, he was, he was my. Idol growing up, you know, I spoke about Steven Gerrard as well, which I used to have to keep quiet in the family. But <laughs> uh, for for him, he, he he was he was an idol of mine growing up. Like I'd I'd be a kid at the at the at the games, and I'd I'd be I must have, I must have about a hundred autographs of his when I was a kid. Um, I'd just be there with a different piece of paper every time, you know, before he before he played uh, in the games. But I think I think the reason. The reason he he's a like a he's an absolute legend with Everton, but the way he played, literally heart on his sleeve, you knew exactly what you were going to get, and he did have an Everton tattoo as well, which, right. uh, which obviously the fans loved, and he had a few a few good, he got a few goals in derbies and big moments. So yeah, he he, he was. You know, and the stories about him sort of off the field with, with them burglars, which was fantastic oh, as well. Loves him for that. Um, so, yeah, mate, he, he, he was almost like a... He was a catalyst for Everton back then of how he played. You know, people coming to Goodison or coming up against Everton when he played, they knew exactly... They knew they were going to do him for a tough time. They knew they were in for a tough time. And and I think the, the club and the fans really bought into that. Was he... Looking obviously after the tire, I think he went like to Spain for a few years. I think he, he sat away from football, didn't he? In Spain, and then he came back. And uh, I don't know who brought him back in was it Benitez or maybe before that? And Charlotte, I think came out and brought him in, but he came back to coach. But were you surprised to see him sort of get into coaching because he never really sort of spoke about it as a player? Yeah, no, he didn't. And and for taking it at face value for someone who played like him, you wouldn't really say he was a student of the game back then. No, it's normally like with the likes of Arteta now, you can understand why he went into management. He was that, he, he had a real high football IQ. But yeah, I, I was really surprised. I mean, to be honest, when I, when I found out he was on the backroom staff at Everton, I thought that would probably be where he, where he would be good. You know, working with the strikers directly, you know, Bringing the the youth players through and integrating them in the first team because that's he's an icon of the club as we said so that would you'd want to play for him anyway like he dragged that area but he's taken the he's taken the step into into management and um, the way the way Inverness are and the success Terry Butcher had beforehand he fits in the same ilk for me he fits into the same personality as as Terry Butcher so. Hopefully, you know we can get the same results. I know he's he's all he's, he's worked under. I think, was it Howard Kendall signed him? I think forever. And then Walter Smith was there, obviously for Angels. And then he's worked under obviously what Benitez and Ancelotti. So he's got a good. I think he could have went to Real Madrid two years ago. That was the rumor he could have went with uh, Ancelotti to Real Madrid, which is is metal to think we did now, isn't it? 
<laughs> I'm sure he'd have loved it. Like I'm sure the players would have loved him. But uh, it was Cristiano Ronaldo there at the time? Nah, I don't know. Yeah, I think he was at Juventus, but you can imagine oh, Zemers and stuff. Like that, so. players, you need to win that header. You can imagine right. that. Can you imagine that conversation with a guy? <laughs> I know, I, mean, I know. So, speaking of Terry, because I, I think you're right, we're bang on. I mean, you played under Terry and he's got that sort of aura, hasn't it, about him? About the yeah. whole, he's a bit of a presence. So, do you think the boys in the dressing room, when he comes in, they're going to they're feel that right away? Oh, yeah, yeah, they would. I mean, Terry, Terry was an absolute gentleman. Um, fantastic with me. You know, when I first came up, it was it was my first time I'd moved away from my family. So the first couple of months I was struggling with a bit of homesickness, to be honest. Um and Teddy was great. Teddy was great. He was a he was a real motivator. Like his, his team talks before games and, and the, the things he'd do and he he was a natural leader. And I think I think Big Dunk's the same. I think he, he falls into that same category and you know sometimes sometimes managers like that they either rule, they rule off two things they rule off motivation or fear mm-hmm. and I think it could be could be a mixture of the same same now um, and yeah I, I mean personally I'd love to play for them but I think you know for the young lads and stuff like that it, it's it would be a big culture shock coming from the Cali U team into the into the first team because he, he is a legend, really. Looking at it from the outset, looking in, I mean, it seems like the guys of the the players have really bought into him. No, I think so. I mean, certainly he's got his style. He's changed it from Billy Dodds, but I mean, I'd imagine I'm not putting words in your mouth, but probably part of the reason you moved to Valencia would be because of Terry Butcher. Do you think that will maybe replicate where Duncan Ferguson sat a pool getting boys from down your way up to up to the islands? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I at the when I first heard the interest from Inverness, I I was excited with the SPL and stuff, but I didn't really know much about them. Um, and then I flew up to meet Terry, and that was it. That was it. I would have stayed there straight away. So yeah, you you spot on in what you say there because he has got that aura about him, especially in Scotland. He's he's a legend. Never mind down here. Mm-hmm. So. The opportunities you'll have is, you know, young players from Everton's academy coming through. You know, with a with a point to prove. Really, he he will attract players just based off him being there. Because players so would want to put him. I was going to see. You, you might not. Is there any boys in that sort of Everton? Used to, I don't know if you keep tabs on. Is there boys in that area that you think you know what they could they could do a turn and a loan sort of spell? In terms of in terms of uh, Everton, have always had always had a good. Youth Academy, you know, you see, you've seen the likes of um, Dobbin who scored for us at the weekend. He's a really young lad. I think now he scored. Obviously, I think that takes takes Inverness off oh, the yeah. table. He scored the yeah. Premier League goal. I'd love to say, I'd love to say it wasn't, but um, but yeah, I can see uh, him getting a few runs in the team. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good youngsters. Um, there's a, a few a few lads out on loan. Anyone in that Everton reserves or youth team? Want to get first team football at the end of the day, and who better to to play for than him? I know it'll, sort of, it'll toughen them up a wee bit as well, going up to the championship in Scotland and start playing a different type of football, won't it? Playing at Hampden Park, who wouldn't want to do that? We're lucky enough to have seen great things at, at Hampden for Inverness, and I was thinking about this before. It, it, it's it's a it's a good hunting ground for us there, isn't it? 
Uh, you know, we, we do do have some results there, mate. Um, you know, it brings back really, really good memories. Um, so I couldn't recommend Scotland enough. I couldn't re- recommend Inverness enough in terms of as a young player going up there to try and make a name for yourself, get first team football, get exposure to big stadiums, big grounds. Um, and at the end of the day, players need to be need to get used to playing under pressure. Mm-hmm. That's that's the most important thing. If you can get used to playing under pressure and with a manager like Big Dunk, who's going to demand things from you, if they get used to doing that, then it'll be great for them. So I'm going to say, because obviously Ferguson, although he's managing now in the Championship of Scotland, he's still manager, prem- caretaker manager, Everton. he's still got that high sort of standards, hasn't he? So that'll replicate with the boys. The best managers I've worked for or that, that I enjoyed the most was obviously Terry Butcher, John Hughes. Now, you know Yogi. Mm-hmm. He has his standard. If you don't meet that standard every single day in training, never mind on a Saturday, every on a Monday, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, if you don't meet them standards, he's going to tell you. If he does that consistently with the boys and the boys meet them standards, it's only gonna it's only gonna benefit the whole club and them. I think I think nowadays they say you know I'm looking I'm seeing more and more of um, footballers turning up late to training. You got the problem with with United. Yeah. Where I work now, I I couldn't think of anything worse than being late. Never mind at a. At a club where you at a football being a footballer where you're literally living a dream, so I think I don't think it's getting spoken of about in terms of just basic punctuality and applying yourself every day. That does lead that does create success. Let's talk about Christmas time and it's a Christmas pod. We'll talk about your Christmas day in a minute, but see the yeah. fans love Christmas. You know, you, you get the Christmas Eve okay. game. This year's the twenty third, I think. But see, yeah. do, you like, do you like playing at Christmas with? Probably it's probably two two part question. Do you like playing playing at Christmas, and do you like playing in Scotland at Christmas when you were far away from the family? Because you're you're getting it, getting it from both ends, yeah. I'd love playing at Christmas because you had you had um, you had the twenty third Boxing Day. You might have another game on the 29th and then New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. So it was really a really busy period. I used to love that because you get you know the fans would be there for like you know people are on. Are off work, so you get more fans coming to games and stuff like that. I used to love it. In terms of being away from family, never really used to bother me too much. Never mm-hmm. really bothered me. And I think that's why probably now I'm sort of just getting back to actually enjoying the Christmas because I never really done that. I never really done that. I, I don't see the big, I didn't see the big deal in it, but obviously it's, a, it's, about, it's about family. But yeah, I used to love it. I used to love playing over Christmas. And then, without incriminating players, best ever nice Christmas night out and any any PC stories you can share? Oh, I, mean, um, I think you, you boys are a good one in Dublin, if I remember right. But that was, a, yeah. that was eventful. Well, that, that's... that's um, we, actually, we actually went out in Dublin. Oh, we we organised the Christmas do in, in Dublin. And on the way there, I don't know if it was Dublin or Belfast. No, it was definitely Dublin. And... We played a game. It was in the Central Belt. It was somewhere in Glasgow. I can't remember which one. Um, and we were at the airport. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's part, sure part of Thistle, if I remember right, mate. But yeah. I might be wrong. But that's, um... that's a great shot. I think it is part of Thistle. I think it is part of Thistle. But um, we're, we're, at, we're at the airport, ready to go out to Dublin. And the plane got cancelled. 
the play got cancelled. So we ended up, um, we had all our fancy dress gear in our bags, all of that. Uh, we ended up going out for two days in Glasgow. Right. And I felt like, although it was, although it was, um, we sort of had to make do and we didn't really have any plans. We we ended up in this karaoke bar in Glasgow, dressed up. I was dressed up as uh, Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumb in the orange suit. I think right. in the blue suit as Harry with the wig on. <laughs> superb, mate. It was superb. We went, we did go to Dublin afterwards the the month uh, the year after, but that that one that one stands out for me. That was a that was a that was a great do that. Any any PC stories you can share with it incriminating Aaron Doran, for example, but I won't share that one. Yeah, or Aaron. To be fair with with Aaron, right? He's he doesn't necessarily do anything crazy. He'll just get drunk where he can barely speak, and he sort of sits in a in a bar. Just (laughs) don't you've got you've got to carry carry him home. Um, Me and Vines got up to a up to a few things in um, in Glasgow and in Dublin. To be fair to him. we had dressed up as Harry and Lloyd, as I said, in the orange and blue suit with the canes. I got you. And we were in the middle of Glasgow going across sort of a at the traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Backed up, backed up about 20, 30 yards with cars and we're having a, a sword fight with the, the canes in the middle of the road. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah, but that that's as that's as PC as I can get, mate. Ah, that's fine, mate. No, no, we'll we'll keep we'll keep, we'll keep the story's head, mate. So yeah. Christmas Christmas Day the Tandy household then. So you and the missus the wee dog, I see a dog floating behind you. She's she's yeah. keeping well, but what's this Christmas Day look like for you this year then? What's the plans? So the plans are, mate, I we did it last year and it was it was great. We'll get all the family will come round here, we'll have we'll have Christmas Christmas dinner here. Um, so normally my sister my sister cooks up a good Christmas dinner so she'll be here early with the turkey and stuff I'm not much of a cook mate so I'll I'll just be sat there watching probably watching something on the telly eating quality streets probably or celebrations um, oh, and then she'll be she'll be doing the the, uh, the cooking but yeah we've got my granddad uh, my missus mum uh, nephew my mum and dad, um, and I think I think a couple of friends as well. So it's going to be about ten of us here. But as I said before, like I haven't really been able to celebrate it, so I'm almost self to now. No, you deserve it, mate. Well, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. Hopefully, we'll see you up for a game sometime. You get excuse to come back up now, mate. Hey, thanks, I, have, I have. I keep saying, I keep saying to you, Mrs. We need to, we need to come up for the weekend, take a game in, and. Because it's a lovely place to be. It's a lovely place in Vanessa, and I do miss it. So, yeah, if uh, if I'm coming up soon, mate, I'll give you the shout. Uh, always brilliant to hear from, and he really is a, a true Cali Thistle legend um, for what he did with the club Scottish Cup final and the Celtic uh, winning the semi final, and uh, just an all round lovely guy. Um, he talks about, you know, it's interesting to hear him talk about leaving uh, his career as a footballer, well, giving up his career as a football footballer, Liam. Um, he said yeah. he felt it was, you know, regimented like the army and then it was a good six-month struggle um, for him once once he finished that. What, what were your reflections on that? Uh, <clears throat> I agree with him totally that it's uh, regimented, but there's loads of ways, actually, 
um, that I would, and I've said it before, I've compared it with the, with the military, even just the, especially when you're young and you're just first coming through, even just how you're treated, how you're spoken to, how you're expected to respond to being spoken to in that way, um, the mind games, and then sort of sifting out the, the weak from the strong, if you like, as you get older, like he says, you become regimented in that way of each year split into these segments of, you know, getting fit and getting ready, getting ready for the start of the season, maintaining yourself through the season, getting through the Christmas period. Um, and then all of a sudden I, you're, you're changed. I never really thought much of it when I finished. Um, I never, see, because I never finished at retirement age. I was finished when I was 26. I, I sort of took that choice myself and finished too early, really. But So I was sort of concentrating on what I was doing. It never, and that never affected me. But I can see what he's saying. He, he, he's right there. You know, most, especially with guys that go 35, 36, 37. He played for Everton. Well, no, his granddad played for Everton, but he's a big Everton fan, Steve. I see. Granddad was a legend to Jimmy Tanzi, for anyone that um, remembers him. Probably not many in this podcast do, but yeah, played there for many a year. And I, it's interesting to be saying about the, the retirement thing. I think, as Liam said, you, you chucked it well before your time. Tansy did as well, but Tansy was sort of forced to with the injuries. I think he he yeah. had a lot of depression and he's been open about it as well. But the the botch surgery um, after obviously going to Ross County from Aberdeen, and uh, I think the Ross County physio there surgeon there was when it actually got him back and tried, and then there was a lot of financial stuff with St Mirren. But I think he had a lot of dark times. He didn't want to finish playing football, and he didn't have a career or anything planned. He's he's got a good career now. He's a the Castle man down Liverpool, doing oh, well right. by all accounts, and he's. Uh, He's had engaged or he's, he's long term missy, but he's, he's good off the park, mate. But I think a lot of footballers, and Liam can testify it, they don't think of that next stage. I think that's something that maybe clubs need to educate them on now. I don't know if it's happening, I might be wrong within clubs, but I think a lot of players, they just they put their eggs in one basket, don't they? And assume that yeah. I'm going to play forever. Because you said, Liam, boys are playing 36, 37, 38. Yeah. Greg chucked it at 32, maybe. Yeah, 31. Sure. So, young man, isn't it? Uh, Paul, you must have met. Um... Greg, when he was a when he was a player, um, for us, you know, he's obviously very approachable, and he always has been in terms of interviews for ourselves. But how does how does he compare to some of the other um nice chaps that you've interviewed over the years? Oh, a real class act on and off the the park, and that that shone through in the interview with with Stevie there as well. You know, and um, you, you can tell the latter stages of the interview, you know, how he, he feels so kind of grateful of been part of a a Cali Thistle team that, that achieved. So so much and it's so many big moments, you know, and um, you know, haven't hit the the heights at the club, but and, and he looks back so so fondly on it. And it, but you know, it, the whole thing that he was talking about, you know, timekeeping and and you know, how, you know, there's just that that kind of work ethic seems to have gone gone from the game as well. Is it? You never hear people speak about that, you know. And I, on a personal level, I, I was. It was a real sad ending to to the way his career went. You know, when he went to Aberdeen, you know, he, he never really, you know, everything just didn't work out for him in the in, in the way that it, it should have. Uh, because you know, he it was a real real top performer, at, you know, at the highest level. And but uh, no, I only get good things to say about Greg. Uh, Lee, what's your your memories of of uh, Greg Tansy as a Cali player? Remember the first time when, when like the first year that he was here. Um, he was a good, a right good player. I remember him getting sent off against Celtic, um, for an elbow that would just never was against Sarmanas. And then, um, when he came back, he looked like he like really had a fire in his belly that time, and he was just like he was pulling stuff out that 
it was really like the orc, like the quarterback, was it? Yeah. The, the used to say, because um, he used to just drop so deep and just ping those balls um, left and right, and he really was um, a right good player. He could also, in that season, um, it was the 17, 16, 17 season, um, he chipped in a lot more with the goals um, and was really bursting forward. And, yeah, it's somebody that really could be done with now. If we're being honest, that's exactly what Liam's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's totally. So, yeah, it's it's just a shame, really. It's thirty-five. It's still still relatively early, and but he ho it doesn't always but, work but out. But to say, but to say for him as well, he's clearly achieved a lot in that time anyway. You know, so he should be proud of himself for that. Yogi got the best out of him because he kind of gave him that freedom to to push forward, and I think he was more of a holding midfielder under Terry, um, which I know was kind of down to injuries that season. But when he came back, he just looked a, a fitter, sort of stronger player. And he only got better in that time he was with us. Uh, I was gutted when he left. And obviously, he was always going to leave because we went down that year. But I think it's it's a, it's a firm reminder of how quickly it can all be done because that was meant to be like, that was probably the biggest move he'd had in his career when you obviously look at the size of Aberdeen as a club. Uh, and within two years, his career was done. So it just goes to show how quickly it can all change and it, it, it goes back down to what Liam's saying, you know, you need to maybe have a plan or at least yeah. focus, you know, when you get to a certain point about what's what's in the next chapter for you because clearly it took him a while to sort of meet that out. It was six months he was saying, Stevie, where he was just quite, he was quite oh, bitter about the way it. things had gone because he'd obviously been let down by a few folks in terms mm-hmm. of his treatment, in terms of his recovery and, you know, that's that's cost him time that, you know, had it been right, he'd probably still be playing today. Big uh, point he made was the, the Ferguson Butcher comparison, didn't he? So yeah. let's yeah. see if that comes to fruition because he he sort of sees Ferguson that also through the fans' eyes as a as a figure that, that he worked on the butcher and I think I said to him in the in the interview and it might come through, I think Ferguson long term might attract players up here similar to what Butcher did because most of the boys came to Inverness not knowing where Inverness was, only because of one man and that was Butcher. So that might Confession, and if we if we believe what we're reading in the paper just now, but the trialists, I think a few of these boys might be from the Everton Academy. Well, so, let's let's ask the man himself. Who, where are they from, Paul? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I don't have that that information. Oh, come but, on. No, no, I, I, no. All, all Duncan said is you know you know that um it, it isn't guys that we we'll know you know so that that kind of indicates that it will be from down south you know so um but you know my my personal taking the, the, just. Judging the way you know Duncan's speaking in the the pre-match press conferences in particular, I think you know he will be looking at maybe four or five players in by the end of, end of January. You know, um, it's probably what he's looking looking at. You know, um, four or five, uh, really that much, that many? But, yeah, and, and get back to you know what you were well, saying. That means there's definitely players going to go out there. Oh, when you when you look at you know the options in the bench, I don't think he's particularly happy you know and he, he wants to kind of shake it up a bit but I think that would be the ideal number but you're right I think the what happens with David Wotherspoon will dictate what right. where they go I'm from there budget wise I'd imagine yeah, yeah. it's a attractive offer then that'll yeah. take a chunk of it out well Greg talked about having like a hundred autographs of Duncan Ferguson there so it's it's lovely it's lovely to hear that so he's you know he is a He's a big icon to, to, to Tansy, it seems. I think, yeah. I mean, I don't you were behind me, Lee, I think, but behind me, Hamden last week, the big group of Everton fans. They were at the game. Yeah. And there was a couple at Morton as well on Tuesday. So, certainly, he's, he's, he's still got a, a big pull down there, isn't he? So, um, for the likes of Tansy, it's 
it's a hero, isn't it? And he talks about um, being stranded in Glasgow with Ian Vigers dressed as Harry and Lloyd from, uh, what is it? Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. And, uh, Christmas oh. parties. You must, you must have had a few in your time, Liam, did you? Oh. A few mad ones? Big, big time. Big time. Like we, when we done the sort of a few, Liverpool, Newcastle, Edinburgh was our favourite haunt actually for um, for various times. But Christmas especially was good in Edinburgh. Um, we used. To, I remember one time in Liverpool being in uh, this classic bar. It was called the Vines in Liverpool, and we ended up. Well, we always were like this. Our our, our set, our team at the time. It was always the day after. <laughs> You know, used to kick on the day after the night out. So the second day in Liverpool, I remember being in the vines and just teeing up uh, Big Ross totally with, uh, I think it was um, Rory McAllister. And you would just be able to <laughs> wind the two of them up and then watch the two of them explode on one another, you know. And that was that was, that was was our day we spent watching Rory try to kick off with Ross <laughs> for Christmas. Merry Christmas, talks. Up next, what did Darth Vader say on Christmas morning? What did he say? I can feel your presence. <laughs> God. Jeez. Well, you should have got it. Hey, player, what you gonna get hot for Christmas? Yeah. So what you gonna get there for? Come on, come on, come on. What you gonna get hot for Christmas? Yeah. Gifts for gaffers. It's the return of our Christmas uh, feature we did a couple of years ago um, why is Jim Goodwin like Santa at the South Pole he's a lost clause before the pod <laughs> sorry oh. uh, do you know what that joke was going to be about um, Jim McIntyre until they beat us so yeah I had, <laughs> had to change it or it could have been about Dougie Emery but they beat us so again I had to change it uh, so before the pod we had to think about what we could get this get, get the, the mixed ragtag bunch of mad narcissists and cliche merchants that are the 10 cinch championship managers for their Christmas. So let's go top to bottom and start with Liam's mate, Jim Goodwin. Um, again, don't get offended. I would get Jim Goodwin uh, an appointment with a careers advisor. <laughs> well, I went on a similar vein. I went, I would get him a new pair of boxers because he must be shitting himself. He's going to get stuck. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on to Ian Murray from Ray Throwers. I would, yeah, they're doing amazing. I, could, I just can't think of anything for this. I would get, I would get, I would, um, what would you I get? Would get him no- I, I would get him nothing because why would you get a man something when he currently has everything? Top of the league and he's got a great squad. He doesn't need I, anything. What about an expectation lowering device for the fans? <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, Ian, Ian Murray should be handing out uh, heart monitors to the Rovers fans, you know, because the, the, the games have gone so deep. And, you know, what. Aye. fit squad, but yeah, sheer excitement for Rovers. I don't know where I was going with this one. I got him a bath bomb because they're boring for a lot of the um, time, but brilliant for the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's just that's just sex. That's my class. <laughs> my, my career in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chris Doolin at Partick. I would get him a personality. Oh, uh, Don Fermlin, James McPeak. What would you get him? I knew Lumi Green, Celtic tracky because he's a wee Ned, and that's probably what he's going to be wearing and, uh, <laughs> in Christmas uh, morning. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a nice bam, though. He's a sort of bam you'd, you'd have a chat with, but he's <laughs> I still, still nick your yeah. bike if it wasn't chained up. I'd get him a proper tailor because he looks like having a you know turtleneck. I, I would. Do, I was going to get him a copy of the film My Fair Lady, 
so he can learn how to speak properly and enunciate. I, uh, I got him a, um, a Morris Malpass signed photo after their ding dong when he was at um, Hibs, and then uh, um, Morris. Great. Yeah, so that's. I don't remember yeah. that. What happened there? Oh, he, he, um, Morris Malpass basically went around phoning everybody who was interested in him and saying, "Yeah, his knee's gone. He's finished." And then went on to play for however many years for Dundee after that. So, you know, Malpass just not like him. But I'm guessing so. Right, Airdrie, Reese McCabe. This was a difficult one. He's a bit of an enigma. He's a a, a Gillette Mike. He's, he's, he's only shaved yet. He's a young man. He's probably got a couple of pubes in chin. He's a gaffer. <laughs> so, he's first Mike three. That'll do, that'll do. Uh, Ayr, Lee Bullen. Um, Lee Bullen has asked Santa for a new fan base. Because <laughs> he is not long for this world of the Cinch Championship, I think. Uh, Queen's Park, they do, well, they, they, they do have a manager now. I don't know who he is. I've just written, Queen's Park have asked Santa, brackets, Neil Doncaster, for another dubious way to balance their books after the uh, nefarious non-sale of uh, Hamden. You want, you want some new admin staff there, wouldn't you? We need administrative staff after last season. Yeah. Um, Arbroath, Jim McIntyre. Um, he's just asking Billy Dodds if he's got any ideas, which he does. Clearly, after Saturday, he does have ideas. Anyone for Jim McIntyre? Uncle Roy's phone number, so he can get a couple of players in alone because their squad's massive. Yeah, and you're right there. That's actually, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Morton, Dougie Emery. Uh, he's asked if, if uh, he can play us every week. <laughs> Maybe a box set of like The Office or something because he's he's very serious, you know. Mm. Needs to chill I, out. A I, bit. I went for a portion of chips to match the chip on his shoulder that he has about Inverness. Yeah, there's something sure. not right because he just gets us spot on every time he plays us. Really. Well, he was passed over. Obviously, I think he was passed over, wasn't he, for Ferguson? Mm. He was a front runner, yeah, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, the big man himself, Duncan Ferguson, what would you get him for Christmas? I would get him, this is top of my list, I would get him an interview with Stevie Riley. Not going to happen. But... No, I'm going to fuck off. If I, did, if I did interview him in person, I'd probably give him an old Home Alone box set, just to prep the local burglars of Inverness, not to <laughs> shut up his door when he's uh, in his bed. I would have to say with Duncan, uh, with these press conferences every week, you go in and he's talking about the wildlife, so it would need to be binoculars. He's always trying to um, look out and catch uh, blue uh, blue whales that he says are, are, are you know out there. He says, I'd like physically catch a blue whale. Because <laughs> yeah, if there well, was one man well, that was going to physically he catch a blue whale, he is a big guy, yeah. A so, blue whale, I think it would be him. <laughs> Did he still his, 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 his pigeons? Did he brought his pigeons up north, no? I'm not sure, actually. Aye. Aye, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Aye, likes his pigeons. Him and, him and fellow psychopath Mike Tyson are big fans of pigeons, so yeah. that, says, that says a lot. <laughs> so he's a big wildlife fan? He's a, he's a twitcher, is he? Yeah, he's absolutely fascinated by the... Um, by the, the wildlife and the stags when he's driving up and down the A9, you know, just he's he doesn't stop stopping that lay-by at the Black Isle, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, any more for any more? Um, yeah, I, I went, I, 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 you go, Lee, you, you go on first. Um, I went for an IKEA gift card so he can buy a new bench. Oh, <laughs> hey, listen, I, listen, there I knew you had... I knew I, you had a I, professional I, I, here. That's. I was, I was, I was, I was in a similar vein. I said I'd give him some cash in his Christmas card because he's going to need it if he wants up to five new signings. And we also asked uh, online, uh, what would you get the big man for Christmas? Sophie McMahon said vegan pastries. Uh, Adam Cran said a new pitch at Bucked Park. Banging that old drum. Uh, Lynn McDonald said better subs. Lol. 
Uh, Scott Bambi said, uh, ubiquitous Scott Bambi, said a US tycoon obsessed with Nessie takeover. Um, ICTFC fans anonymous said a backup striker, striker worth his salt. Murray Hogg said a signed photo of Jock McStay. It's my favourite. Uh, and Francesco Det Krug said pigeons and a Saudi to take over the club. There you go. That'll do me. Right, uh, and there won't be snow in Victoria Park this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is doctored attendance figures. Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business. Talked into to me, not something that anyone was probably expecting, but something that we've been able to get. Um, we're going to put out this interview in its entirety, um, probably in January. Um, this chap hasn't talked to the media uh, as far as we're aware uh, and we don't know exactly what went on but Billy Dodds was relieved of his duties in September um, since then he's been back on the radio it didn't work out for, for him and us in the end but you know he was, he proved he was a good manager in fits and starts and winning runs but we had multiple long spells where we didn't win any games uh, and when he left we were down the bottom of the league with no wins in eight but he did have the playoff run um, and he won big games and it mattered over that um, couple of seasons and we obviously had the Scottish Cup run and beating Premiership opposition last season. So Stevie sat down and talked to former Inverness Caledonian Thistle manager Billy Dodds. What's been happening to the world of Mr Dodds since you've uh, you've left the club then? Uh, the garden will be getting kept well. I think you've been playing bowls there, mate, I've heard. But what's, what's a day in the life of Billy Dodds just now? Somebody telling you stories. I get old before my time. It's uh, just that to keep active, you know. Just um, doing a wee bit of media um, when I can get a a, a gig. Um, just doing some running, Stevie. Believe it or no, um, playing bowls. Just all things to. I, I, I tell you what. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. See, for about a month and a half, I was a slob because it was unwinding. And that's what the job does to you. There's no de- getting away from it. You don't realise when you're in it, but when you come out, you go, oh, by the way, I just don't feel like get- getting up so early. Um, you know, it, drop your missus that are working in, come back and have an, an extra hour in your bed because you were dropping your missus at seven o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those ones where you were you were in your routine. Then it's, a, it's like a wind down. It's weird. And it's a recovery. And do you know, what I'm quite happy I was a slob for a month and a half because over the last two three weeks you now I've really got back into it, being active and I feel I feel refreshed. There you go. I was going to ask actually because it's probably worse during the week because I was think Saturday at three o'clock must seem weird when you're you're either out with the missies or you're in the golf course or you're, you're doing something that there's no football related. But is it more maybe the, the Monday to Friday because as you know you were in there at half seven in the morning through the week till five and beyond? Is it through the week that's harder than the Saturday? Um. It can be because you're, the days you're idle, it's as simple as that. You're, and you find the things to do, whether it's golf, bowls, running, whatever you're going to do, uh, shopping, just things that are going to pass some time. Um, I've been lucky enough that I am getting media gigs on a Saturday, so um, where you know that that's fitment related with you, where you you get back into the swing things, you wish you were back in. It, of course, you got all these thoughts running through your your head. Um, but it is during the week that you're thinking, right? What can I do today? What can be my? What can be my? I'm a big one for structure, as you well know. Mm-hmm. Whether it was when I was in the club, at the Fitma club, or whether it's 
off the pack. I always like structure. It's like, how can I fill my day? How can I structure my day? Uh, especially during the week, it's it's hard to keep on filling, especially in, when the winter kicks in as well. Come see, uh, come see starting next last season, bring a few boys in. Now, I touch on transfers, and this is always a thing the fans say is that ability to sign that a team sign. What can you tell fans about signings you've made? Is it always your end decision to make a signing? Have you having to take a signing? Is there some guys that I'll, I'll throw one at you? I think it's pretty common. Oh, George Oatley was a ICT signing, but no Billy Dodge signing, if you know what I mean. I got the final say. Um, we brought a few players in. I, we didn't, sometimes I didn't, I just said, not we, man, that one's no for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a lot of players they brought to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to make sure that I lived and died with my own sword. So I did a lot of homework myself. I got so mm-hmm. many connections, so many contacts. Made loads of phone calls, even with Witherspoon there, who right. I made a phone Callum at the start of the season. I thought I was going to get him, but he, he was training with Dunfermline, thought he was going to go to Canada. So um, I always did my homework. And if you get 70% of your signings right, you're doing no bad. You're doing no mm. bad. But Robbo brought a lot to us. I did sign one or two. Um, and uh, George was one the wee man brought, but I, I, he was on a list myself. So there was some things right. we had the same list. So I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take him then because was, I felt as if we needed a target man then. It just mm-hmm. never, great lad, big George, lovely big guy, just never worked out. It just never worked out for him in that spell. Um, and you can see he's gone to Morton. And again, when we beat him 2-1 down there when Carson scored, it was a big result last year. That's right. Yeah, still in that playoff thing where big George and I gave one another a cuddle and that's it. I always respect my players, even when they're leaving and I always say, you always try and leave in good terms. Um, but there was a, one or two that was Rob was signing, but I always had the final say. Right. Uh, it was kind of rushed at some points, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes you have to rush, and sometimes it was thought about. And in the main, you can see the squad that's left there. There's, there's plenty of good genes. And a lot of, a lot of, it's amazing how a lot of people doubted signings at the start of this season, but now you can see... I knew they would come. I always say that to him. It just wasn't fun. Wasn't going to save me. But I knew all the signings would come good. I, I just no, knew. No, no. I, I've, I've had ups and downs at Calisation. I love my time. It's nothing but positive. I don't. I, I'm nothing but positive, and and that's why I'm on doing this because mm-hmm. I, I get so much affection for the fans. Even a couple, even a few that give me a bit of stick because it's winning losing. I get all that. I just Aye. smile. Yeah, I've had my run-ins with a couple of them, but you know what? It doesn't matter. You've got to let bygones be bygones. I love everything about the club. I love my time with the fans, ups and downs, mm-hmm. but that that finishing sticks, and you've got to remember that. It looked bad on paper. Oh, it was right. goal away for third. No one point, one goal away for third, that if we were to go to winner that night and we looked like as if we were, and that's how it was such a slap in the face and such a downer, it would, have, it would have trumped anything my staff or I had ever done in the game. We spoke about it. And that says a lot for the, the things I've done in my career because that would have been an unbelievable achievement and a minor miracle to do that. I can't, I can't believe we actually got to... There was spells when the board came to me. I had to go in front of the board. There was probably times when they were talking about letting me go then. And I had to go in front of the board and I was always upbeat and they said, Billy, you're, you're some boy, you just believe. Because I was driving it into them where mm-hmm. I, they were worried about relegation, Stevie. Mm-hmm. And I can understand it's business. And I was like, ah, look, get the business side of it. I get why you're thinking about relegation. I get why you're worried. I'm telling you, I'm still aiming for playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they looked at me as if 
he's he's losing it. <laughs> yeah. And I had to get in front of the six of them. There's six or seven on the boat. Six, I think it was at the time. Six attended that day. And they must have thought I was off my trolley. And then we go on this unbelievable yeah. run. Oh, no, here Hamilton, my bogey team. And we've played well in the game again. And then suddenly we get, Nathan gets a goal back. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. The, the, mm. the, the, the everything about the winner, and I've, it still sticks with me. And I, I've watched the goal back so many times where the way we we, we we survived a chance, Carson played it to Nathan Shaw on the wide right, somehow he just dipped his shoulder and then showed drive to get start cutting in the park. He's tired, he's flagging, he manages to pop a pass, pass off to Welshie, who is knackered as well. He drives, he's got chopped, right. he's stumbling, mm-hmm. and then thought, just get through that cut. I'm actually saying at the time, don't fall. Don't fall, Welshie. And then Welshie pops it to Billy, who finishes. The feeling I got that night was incredible. I knew we were back. I knew we were going to... I thought we were going to make playoffs. Look, you, you look at the table, and if you don't know anything about our team or Scottish football, you go, six in a 10-team league, that looks like a shit season. But as you say, you're one goal away for third. But then you've got... The, I think you're deflated, as you say, after the game, right? You've got the cup final, but you've got a month off, which... It's weird for any manager, and you've got to keep the boys ticking over, you've got to give them time off. I we spoke about it before a few podcasts, but how do you manage that? Because again, that's something that not a lot of managers love doing in life. You know, they're, they're just uh, lost going to play off and then having a month off before you play the best team in Scotland uh, in a month's time. That's a, a real situation, isn't it? I was dreading the time because I, I never said to anybody, even my staff, about if we lose this, what, we are, what we're going to have to endure. And finding games, and that was another ongoing process. Um, being idle, keep them fit, keep them training. Um, but I had I had plan A and plan B. If we won it, it looked after itself. We had good competitive games going right up to the cup final, and then plan plan B was let's find a couple of games, let's give them a bit of time off. So I'd thought it all through. I'd thought it all through, and. Um, I don't think fitness was an issue in the cup final either. So we got it, we got it bang on. Ross Hughes, myself, with, my, with Barry and Kells and S talked about it and fitness, what we're going to do. And we were all quite happy with the, the deflation of losing that air game. Um, just getting away from it for nine days and then coming back and giving a, a sell a three week build up to the cup final. Yeah, it was, was going to Ireland, was that ideal preparation then? Could something not have been done in Scotland then? Did you have to go to Ireland? Could you know? Play something locally was that was that was that a, was that maybe a good thing to get away for a night with the boys or maybe a well, we uh, I'm, I'm probably not to go to Ireland but teams that we were going to play started falling by the wayside because every every team's um, season's finished then so we were ended up like, as if we're going to play 20, under twenty one teams I didn't want that I wanted it competitive and. Um, we had a couple of options but we ended up playing Dungannon which cost. A bit, of course, must have cost the chairman a fair bit of money, um, and and then we played near, and I preferred something different, more competitive, but it just wasn't it to be because it was really tough to find games. Cup final, then I mean, you must have been proud to take a team at the park. I mean, it was twenty weird days, but it'd been a family. You know, you you you're in that wee corner, but it was good having everybody together as a fan perspective, right? So, but you're taking the team out in the national cup final against. A, a manager who's probably going to go down is probably a really good manager in history against a great team. How did how did it make you feel going out with the boys out there? Proud, no, no, every, everything you feel proud. Mm. I had a really steel, steely um, belief as well. 
nothing over the top. Just we're going to be, we're going to gear them again today. And I had drummed that into my players because I know when we when I had my full team, we were a, a match for most teams. And by the way, Steve, I'm throwing out all these things to you. It was proven. We, we beat Kilmarnock uh, when they were a Premier League team. We beat Levy when they were a Premier League okay. team. We, mm-hmm. Johnson, you don't, de- you don't do all these things to Premier League teams regularly if you're not a decent team. So I had, I had got that over to the players. I'm saying, we're, we're a match for anybody, I'm telling you. I've seen Premier League teams. I know that we're a really good team and I... But you worry, you've got to worry as well because it's Celtic, it's Angie's team, they're very attacking, so we had to combat that. Mm-hmm. And boy, the, it's, a, it's the hardest we've worked over that three weeks to make sure we knew everything that they were doing as a team, when our players go, when we, we set up a certain way where the midfielders had some shift. And Sean Wells, again, was the one that gripped it right away. We had to work on others and they all got it. And they all got it what I wanted because it was a double shift for the midfielders. They had to be, if the fullback came, they had to be out quick as well. But they had to also mark their own midfielder. So it was when to go. And Welsh, he, he's such an intelligent player, the boy. And he was the one that straight away in the training field. But we drilled it into them. We did different training sessions and they saw it starting to work. And I think mm-hmm. they bought, I, I can't praise the players enough because they bought into it. And Aye. And then they had to go and put it on cup final day when they've got all those nerves in them. I just said, look, you'll be nervous. I know what it's like here. It's not about me. It's about you. This is a day to make your families proud. And th- I think they did. And uh, well, we get into certain stages in the game. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying here where I won it. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But getting to certain stages and half time is important. Maybe to get in nil-nil, but a wee bit more pressure on Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, so although, is it, listen, I'm on here because I, I've not really spoken about to anybody, even in BBC, about um, my time at Cali. I loved it. I've got nothing but great memories, achievements, personal and for my staff and the players. And it's the way I feel, even even though we did the win games and we went on a couple of runs, and you know better than most why we went on those runs. But in the main, the fans were brilliant. See, see when we went to away days, especially... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw them on, and I went and chatted with them, and I, and I saw the numbers that kept going, especially if we were on a good run. It was just the full, the full two and a bit years there, two, nearly two and a half years, was a brilliant time for me, and I loved every minute of it, even in the times when I was passionate. So I just mm-hmm. I, I showed that passion, but mm-hmm. um, I, I just want sometimes you just sit back and realize. I, what I'm saying to you, Stevie, is I could have gone there for two and a half years, done nothing. Aye, aye, we aye, just middle of the road, all the way through. Aye, you could have done. My fans, the Cali fans, didn't have anything to shout about, and mm-hmm. it was a, a damp squib. But yeah. it wasn't, there was so many highs. I, I loved it. I loved it. And it's a thank you, really, for me like, to the fans, because there's a lot of really good fans there where they really got behind us and it was special to see the semi-finals and finals and playoffs. I think part of the Inverness' problem on this is, I'm not going on a tangent for the podcasting, but a small group of fans in a relatively short period of time. I mean, we were at Hamden four years ago with Robo against Hearts. We won the Cup in 2015. There's, the trajectory's been massive, right? I'm not saying we're the title, but no, I mean, we've been doing this league too long, but I think that also brings pressure for the board and the manager, whether it be you or be Ferguson now, to get us out of the league because a group of fans have been used to success but 
you just I don't think you get a lot of luck this season. I don't know what you're talking about, whether it was just a case of certain players weren't they maybe up to the level you were at you wanted to be right away. I think Duncan's now seen the benefit of that. We don't need to talk about certain players, but I think I'm going to say players like you're doing that. I, I, I say in the podcast the players like you're doing, you don't need to say that. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I think I get so short with some of the players this season that have now turned the corner a bit. So is that just a timing thing or and they just made mistakes in vital times and it sucked into the confidence. And there was a bit of luck as well because I wasn't as worried as you, especially against them, Barton, because I thought, I was I sat back that night and I thought, by the way, we're playing some good football. And the chances, chances, that. Mm-hmm. chances we created and then we lost the two goals. I'm thinking, oh, right, we can't have a season where we're making defensive mistakes. And I tried to know going about it because I know what players are like because I put my players head on as I've said to you before and I put my coach and I'm a players manager I try to look after them as best as I can and I, we go for that and then we go I think it was Airdrie we make another three mistakes we were in mm-hmm. possession of the ball so if I keep on going on about that I said but you've got to mention it as well and I've said that to him look boys I've got to mention this I said, I can't even know say this. You'll think I'm daft. But we can't keep on making the mistakes we're making. So that's all we said to him. And it just got a wee bit more and more because the Airdrie game away was two of the worst mistakes you'll see. I spoke to you after that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, this can't continue. I don't mind it being two or three games where the boys are worried about it and I know that how it affects your head mentally. But it became like five or six games where I'm thinking, well, I've never never seen the mistakes like this and it's really getting to them now but I had to try and get the balance of not putting too much pressure on them and a lot of people said I should have been harder on them when speaking to them and mm-hmm. and drummed out them or just coming off them and saying I'll get better mm-hmm. and it, to be fair the, the game where um, I just looked at the skies because um, I thought we played really well especially the first half the game that all came to an end for me was Wraith but Wraith was all round com- performance because I had I worked hard to get like Morgan Boys in, um, Longstaff, Max Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had big goods doing on the way because right. big creator. I would, I'd work- that was a that was over a month, Steve, as you well know. Where right. I was working, I was working trying to get this done. Desperate to work with a big man, um, and I've no bad feelings about no getting to work on that. It's results that dictate because we all know when we get in the game. You're, you're not getting results, you're not there, it's simple as that. So I'm pragmatic about it. Um, but I, I just, I knew it was coming good. I knew it. Uh, people always say to me, so positive and Jesus, man, and, you know, realising, upbeat, but it's a way to be with modern day players. I'm not saying all the time, you've got to nail them a couple of times, but it can't be every week. Yeah. Um, but I was so positive that it was going to come right. And it's no surprise to me, Big Dunk's doing a brilliant job, a brilliant job. Um, with that squad, there's no surprise to me that the, the boys are getting the results because they were coming, but I just never get the, the chance. But it's it's one of the things I don't go, I but this and that. No, I don't. I just it was my turn. It was two and a half great years. I thank you very much, and it, I had great memories of it all. I've got some great. I could be walking away from there and saying, you know what, I've grafted there and weavered away for two and a half years, and I've not even got a decade to sing about. It. But it's not like that happening, but. Anyway, that's been two and a half years. Eh? Up downs, eh, emotions, eh, just highs, lows, everything. It was. I mean, you step back and after two months, over two months to think about it, I just go, "That wasn't bad. It was. It was great." And it's that's when you realise you've got to appreciate the Cali fans. 
even the ones that that, that are black and white that are you never won. I don't care. You lost. You're shy. You're 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 terrible. You're this. You're that. I appreciate them because there was times they boys paid their hard earned hard to travel away and I've got to appreciate that. They were singing my name sometimes. In fact, I still laugh at it. When you, when you get time to analyse everything, I still think back to the Queen's Park game where we were brilliant. First half led 1-0, singing my name and by the end of the game they're singing Billy Dodds get, uh, get to, you know what. That's right. I know, I know. That is fit by there for you, right in a nutshell. Aye, well, they give, they give you a wee song on Saturday, didn't they, Billy? But we'll, we'll move on about that one anyway, so at least I'm not, I'm not, I'm not forgotten about you. It's middle-aged spread, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> right, some absolute gold dust in there, um, much of which we will put out, as I say, um, in a few weeks' time. But first thoughts, Sandy? I, I don't think it was a bad vision at the time, letting him go. I think it had to happen, you know, the end of the day he said it himself you know you don't get the results you're not going to keep your job it's nice that he, he's upfront about some of the stuff that you know like the stuff about the signings how he says you know he had the final say because there was a lot of jubiety over that when you know the setup was kind of put in place he was head coach and Robbo was uh, sporting director um, so you know there's there's a little bit more clarity you know now on, on sort of what he had control of you know Maybe he's just putting a positive spin on it. I'm, I'm not too sure. But, you know, it sounds like he's kind of put it behind him now. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see what he does himself going down the line, whether he fancies a, another crack at management or not. I'd be lying if I would just agree and say I thought it was the right decision. So I think I'd spoke to you not long before that he got sacked. And I don't think I was saying that he should be. Uh and the reason being is, I'm just, even just where we're at just now, I'd just be intrigued as to see where we go from here. Because you talk about the bounce, you know, the rebound, you know, you get a new gaffer in and the boys do well. But you need to do well. It needs to be sustained here to see a real difference. You need to pick yourself back up now from a few losses because, you know, let's face it, it was, it was a few losses in a, in a row that done Billy Dodds. I, I never wanted them to get sacked. No, I, I, I you don't like seeing it, do you? And the thing is, that's another thing as well. I mean, Big Duncan Ferguson's, you know, a legend, ever a legend. That, but you've got to remember, Billy Dodd's a bit of a legend, and so was Robbo. Um, so, no, I don't... I, I'll just be interested to see as to how well we do going forward. And I actually thought, like I just said earlier on in this pod, you know, it's like, I think we've got the players at the club to do well. I think there's a lot of good players in there. It's just a case of putting it all together for a sustained run of games. Now, could that have happened anyway? What do you think, Paul? Uh, Billy kind of knew his, his time was coming, sadly, and, and you know, in his chat to Stevie, which is really, really good stuff and really upfront and really, you know, honest about how how he felt. And he's had that time to reflect and it, it was good hearing him, you know, um, say that he understood the, where the fans were coming from. He, he said the fans were quite right to, you know, ha have a go when results were, were going against him. So he wasn't surprised when the decision was made um, as tough of it, as it was, you know, but he, he had to get in and fight for his job several times um, in front of the board. So he came close to, you know, getting the chop before and maybe the, the run to the cup final um, saved, saved Billy. But, um, you know, as he also pointed out to Stevie, you know, they were, you know, a fraction away from getting into the top four uh, with that Air United game 
Um, so if if you do that two years in a row and the horrendous injuries that he faced, um, he, he was always up against it. You know, I think any club would have struggled if you put that percentage of injuries to to the the Celtic Rangers squad. They won't hit their targets either. So. Um, I think he'll bounce back, but he's really enjoying the media work at, at the moment. What about some of the criticism he's had, Lee? He uh, he actually dealt with it very well in that interview there, you know, talking about, you know, there was chance at, um, what game was it recently? I can't remember. Um, the firm one. The firm one it was, yeah, yeah. He was working at that game. Uh, and they're saying, and he referenced it, you're a wee for Billy Dodds. <laughs> and, he, and he joked yeah. about it and had a laugh about it. What, what do you think about some of the criticism, Lee? Any manager that manages to survive because in that two years, he went on winless runs the first year, the second year. And I think it was just a bit of a, we didn't start the, the third one. And, and it was, the fans were um, grown really tired of it. And I think that it, it just kind of was a perfect storm to let everybody go. I, in the interview, I thought he um, spoke really, really well, actually. Um, a lot of dignity in what he had to say. Because I think yeah. it could be easy yeah. to come out when you're, everyone's having a bit of a go at you and go, it's all your fault and whatever, um, to have a go at the fans. But he didn't. He was said, oh, yep. he, would, he, he would hold his head um, high coming back into the stadium. So, yeah, at the time, I was one of the sort of people that was calling for his head because I, I did think it was time for a change up. Stevie, uh, Lee hit, it on, hit the nail on the head there. I, hit the nail on the head there, I think. Um, he, he comes out of that. I think he comes out of that interview with a lot of dignity. I think he's. I think he 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 owns his mistakes, uh, and he oh. owns his and he owns his um, successes. And he's and he's quite honest about you know maybe it was you know nobody's going to survive eight games maybe. No, I think I mean I'm the, I'm the resident Billy Dodds fanboy in this podcast, so I'm going to stick to it. But I think he's ah uh, he's he's honest in what he said. I mean, if you look at. Last season, finishing six looks terrible, but if, if we beat United, we're in the playoffs. I mean, and then that'd be, what, three seasons? Well, two, two playoff um, runs and then obviously a cup final, which a lot of teams of our level would love to achieve. I mean, I think what killed them this season was the start. I mean, if you look at the first season, maybe in charge, win the first five or six, didn't we? I think it was all one nils. remember? And then that yeah. horrible off-the-fields thing that we were talking about, derailed us. And then last season, we started strongly in injuries. I just think this year, as Liam said, I'd like to give him maybe another couple of months up to now because it was him that brought in Lakes Andersons. He brought in Wallerspoon, didn't sign him, but he was the one that teed him up. He brought Ujir in and never had the type of player. I'd like to give him a couple more months because the team's good enough. But I said, Billy Bills will get another job. He could have been in there, bro. So he got offered that to give him a gym. He wants one more crack at it. I think he's, and it's no secret, he's in the process of moving down to Central Belt to get more opportunities because, you know, where he's based, he's only going to get. A high league offer or maybe lower leagues down like Selgan Peterhead so he's going to he's coming back down here to get one more crack at it and he's always here to be there but so he'll do well but I don't think MD I think one of these one of these things is people who wanted rid of dogs will probably look back maybe six months a year and go do you know what it wasn't that bad you know I think sometimes yeah. you you get caught up in the the shit storm we were in at the start of this season but yeah overall he's done a great job and he'll get he'll get another chance somewhere uh, okay, enjoy your Christmas, Billy. Thanks so much for speaking to us. We will put out the full interview in a few weeks' time. Um, you, you know, enjoy your Christmas. There he is, hanging his Scottish Cup uh, runners-up medal on his tree and, and roasting a, a small effigy of Scott Gardner on open fire. That's Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, and League Look Ahead is in the bed. It's festive Look Ahead. Saturday, the 23rd of December, at time of recording, it's Partick Thistle away. On this day, around when Jesus was born, some wise men headed off for far flung fields. So if you are heading to Mary Hill of Christmas Eve, Eve, I don't know if you're wise or not so wise. You're probably just really, really lucky. Uh, Stevie, you'll be going. It's not. It's just a hop and a skip for you. So looking forward to it? No, I'm looking forward to a few beers, mate. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's deja vu. Because if you remember, it was maybe the 24th um, last year. We pulled it to the 23rd, which is obviously the same date this year. And we got absolutely horsed by them. It's never been a... It used to be a happy hunting ground for years. We all used to pick up results. For how when I was talking to the boys before we sort of started recording again. Barring that playoff win a couple of years ago, it's been about six years since I remember Tom Wolf scoring in a, in a Saturday night game. Oh, that was half a great five. goal, wasn't it? Uh, for the BBC, Doran teed him up perfectly, mate. But no, it's it's never even been close. I've been hosted. I can't remember a, a decent. I, I remember a, a game we lost one night. Sean Welsh missed a penalty maybe a couple of years ago, but I've never been hosted, mate. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared next week. Kelly Thistle, you know, defensively thrown in a couple of wobbles over the, the, the past week, you know, with the, the, the couple of 2-1 defeats. So, um, you know, now's not the time to be, be weak when you go to Fir, Fir Hill, you know, their, their tails will be out after a great win at Dunfermline at, at the weekend. So it's a really, really tough one, but they need to stop the rot and they need to try and, if they can, obviously get the, the win before facing Morton again. What about yourself? Aye, me. Aye. Um, maybe he's aye, maybe he's not, we'll see. He, he's getting dragged around the shops next Saturday. <laughs> yeah. this, this is the thing. This is the he's thing. On to like, me. Uh, we can see his face. We can see his face. He's depressed. Well, think about it. Like this is if you're in your twenties, you know, you don't have a family or a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. Um, like you can go at the game, like, but I'm never getting to this game. I've got two little ones under four and a wife. <laughs> is t- and I've got a family that's coming to my house like that day for Christmas. It's like I'm not getting to this. I really want to go. It's like absolutely amazing. Like back in the day, this would have been the big one, you know, a great just before Christmas. Oh, Brilliant, well, Lee. Lee, are you going? Um, well, I am the you of young because <laughs> I do not have a family. I am by myself. All me and my mates are going to this one, uh, and we're going to have a full day of it. So, bastard. Just, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it. next Saturday, mate. I'll give you a big wide berth. Oh, that's what you want. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. Class, class. Right. Oh, well, it, well, we should probably do predictions. We're going to win this one. I'd, I'd be hopeful that I draw, mate. To be honest, yeah. just in past form, mate. I'd take, I'd take a draw now if it was offered to me. Do you know I think? There's there's two leagues in this league, isn't there? It's not like it usually is. There's a top three, top four, and there's everyone else. Aye. Aye, there's usually just a win, to be honest, the last few years, mate. SI, Wraith, Partick, and, and United, you're right. And then Dunfermline sometimes. Yeah. The, 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 league, the league is as it should be, I think, presently. I'm going to go to all. Take it. Aye. Bite your hand off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, Saturday the 30th, we've mentioned it already. Morton at home. Dougie Emery comes early first footing to the Highlands and wonders what could have been. Uh, he's uh, he's at the Hogmanay party, staring wistfully over the cavorting bodies at the taller, more successful and better looking suitor dancing with the girl in the blue and red <laughs> dress. Yes, I wrote this before they beat us 2-0. <laughs> 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 uh, Sandy. Uh, yeah. When? Question mark? I really hope so. Because depending on what happens that, in that part of the game, we might, that might be a must win. You know, the table is just so precarious right now. Um, 
and I don't really care how we get it. We just we need to get a win in that game. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because uh, if you're looking at the part game, if you lose that, yeah, that's three yeah, on I mean, spin. That's three yeah. on spin. Three out of, and depending on how other results go, four we, out of five. Know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to sound doom and gloom, but we could just as easily end that bottom as we could end that sort of fourth or fifth. Yeah. So, yeah, and as Stevie says, you know, given you know what they're like squad wise, it's a game we've got to look at and think we can get a result from. Surely. Yeah, I think we have to. We have to win that one. Just, just looking at you. Know, yeah. You mentioned it earlier. You know, we haven't won enough games. We need, to, we need to win more games. We've drawn a lot of these games, even in the seven game unbeaten. We've drawn a lot of them. We need to win more games. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm saying win. I think we're going to win that one. I think that'll be a good one. Confident. I'm confident. Confident. That. Are you? Are you at the game, Liam, or are you back offshore for a year or anything? Um. Yeah, I'm away. I go away on the 27th, so I'll miss that one. But um, the the wife and uh, the boys will be there. Well, when then, Liam? Because every time you turn up, we get beat, mate. So that's, that's right. Good. I know. I'm just away. Probably going one four 0 now or something. <laughs> right, first game of uh, of uh, 2024, a Tuesday the second of January, odd fixture. Um, what a better way to overcome that New Year's Day hangover than by heading to the land of Buckfast for some Buckfast? Uh, if you are, if you are, if anyone is heading to this, that's listening to this, then fucking fair play. Um, you, you, you won't be going to this one as well, Lee, will you? Looking at it, I don't know if I'll be able to manage it. Um, it all depends on work and where I'm working at. Um, but hopefully, if I'm down in Glasgow, I'll try and take a warrior around there. Like, do you so, just yeah. like just do you organise your own like shift pattern at work? So just around Cali Thistle games because um, <laughs> well, a weekend's off, and then um, on the Tuesday game at Green at Morton, I was actually parked. Parked up for the night across the road, drowned at the docks, or like. But so oh, yeah. that's why you were parked there, was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can. No, the score wasn't the only grim thing I seen that the night. I can What's tell that? you. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah, I think we'll win this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to mate. I, th- I, I don't think we'll win it. Um, I think it's a draw again. But I'm looking forward to the the joint up to the. Well, what the Shibre Excelsior's called nowadays, but are you going, Steve? Yeah, ah, but I'll be there, mate. I so, um, I weird, weird day, January second. It's a, I've also been at a game in the second, but yeah, it's a weird one. Could be pub in the ground, decent, decent club, mate. Um, but I still get nightmares of the first game of the season. Um, that was that was torture. That was worse than last Tuesday night. So, I take a draw there. I mean, but we need to get back to Bournemouth without going over it again. Need one there. Yeah. Yeah, I take I take I take a couple of draws even here doing it away. I take two points. Yeah. Here. you can't really look too far other than uh, Partick and Morton, can you? Um, yeah, just otherwise sixth of January's eight away. Um, Friday the twelfth is uh, actually our first. I think this is our will be our first TV game of the season. We play Dundee United on the TV on the Friday night. Um, mm. You know, and and actually looking at this, we don't have a home league game in the entirety of January. Which is slightly worrying. We'll just get the cup game at home against Broomhill, and that's it, then. Twentieth eh? no, of January, that cup game against Broomhill, yeah, and then we're wreathed away at the end of January. It's a difficult period. That's a long month. That's that's that makes it more pertinent than when you get that Morton win, don't we? But then you yeah. you need to pick up. You'd hope maybe pick something up a year, then maybe take three points. But it's a long five weeks. Yeah. So wait a minute, we'll get home games when I get back for the ring. Aye, it's all set up for you. It's all set up for you. Breaking news, Liam, you're coming back in June. 
<laughs> right okay um there's a world outside mcgregor's window it's a it's a world of dread and fear where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears now it wouldn't be a christmas wine shuffle without the big man's bulging sack no, Stevie's not upset his missus. We're talking about Santa Claus. <laughs> I've got another one. Now, the big man has a particularly bulging sack this Christmas. Swelling. He had a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> or the last one. Uh, <laughs> we borrowed We borrowed the sack. We borrowed the sack from the one Scott Gardner gave Billy Dodds. And instead of money, we filled it with letters. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Don't cry, it's Christmas. Santa's coming soon. Though you ain't got a mummy or daddy, Santa still loves you. Hey, Dan, at Dan, zero L-I-O. I don't usually do this, but uh, will youth players get a chance under Ferguson? Bray looked good at the start of the season. He hasn't been seen since. Uh, Dunk's arrival, uh, Thompson is always left on the bench, and Mackay is off to Highland League. Please, have at it. Well, this is this is a concern, is it? This is what I mean. So, we're, we're talking about bringing in youth players from elsewhere to sort of swell the bench, and then we've got our own youth set up where the boys are trying to push through. It's, uh, it's going to be tough for them, I think. I don't see the harm in at least putting in one or two of them who have been in the first team already, like Keith Bray, because we've already seen that he can play at first yeah. team level. But, you know, Dunk's been here for best part of three months now, and so far, you know, hardly any of the young boys have really had a sniff, you know. And I, I, I can't say why, you know, any any reason offered would be an assumption, but there's one or two that have already shown that they can play in the first team and can play you know, in these league games, I don't really see the harm in giving some of them a chance. You've got, you've got to give them a chance and see if it doesn't work out, then just save a ties. But if you don't put them in there, in at the deep end, then they'll see if they can cut the mustard. And I think that's the problem. Bray looks like he's a, it's a standout, isn't he, so far? Um, yeah. But they, they need time. I mean, if you look at like Dan McKay was getting sold or released to Elgin or wherever he was until he had that run under McCann and, and Dodge and got a move to Hibs in the back. So all you need to do is give these boys a chance and it's up to them, isn't it, to, to see if they can fulfil the potential. All right, a yeah. um, couple of questions that are quite similar. Uh, Michael Douglas says, what should we look to do in January to bolster the squad and what can we realistically do? Uh, Craig Ivanzo, um, not his real name, uh, January transfers in and out. I think if we could offload the likes of Sheridan and Lodovica, maybe even Samuels, it would free up wages and some cash. Um, he's seen Cove play a few times this season and... Uh, is a Ruman Burrell, looks a player, um, loves to run beyond, which is something Liam's talking about. Yeah, so what should we look to do in January and who needs to be moved on? Harsh harsh questions, so come to Sandy for that. Uh, I think Sheridan will go. Um, he just looks, he looks like a player who's done as far as full-time football is concerned in the few times I've seen him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Lodovica goes because he's not getting any game time. Uh I know Jake Davidson's playing right now, 
but I think the only reason he is playing right now is because Davy Carson's obviously unavailable and, and Wallace Duffy got injured. And as Stevie says, you know, he was playing quite well, filling in for, for Carson there. Um, and he can also play in a couple of different positions defensively. So I think he'll get kept. I wouldn't be surprised to see Davidson go. You know, he's probably on a decent wage. He was signed with the pretense of being a first-team player and it's not worked out for him. And I just wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe head back down the road in, in January somewhere. Um, Samuels is a shout, but he's injured at the minute, so I don't see him getting offloaded. Um, and I don't know why. I just have a sneaky feeling that Sean Welsh might go. I don't know why. Um, you know, I'm not alluding to anything or that. I just, you know, yesterday was a, a real example of where we probably could have done with him on the pitch. And the fact that he didn't come on, I don't know. I just can't help but wonder if maybe there's something going on there. And that would free up, you know, potentially three, four spots needing filled. But like Liam says, I wouldn't be wanting to fill them with, with youngsters just for the sake of adding numbers. If you're going to bring in players, you've got to bring in players that are going to make a difference here. Yeah, because I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like to lose Welsh, even even I a, an unfit Welsh. Don't, you know, when, when he does don't, play... Don't, don't get me wrong, I, yeah. I, I don't want him to go. I think he's a great midfielder on his day. Um, I just don't know why. I'm just concerned that that might happen. Yeah. Uh, have you heard anything, Chucky? No, uh, just on, on Sean Welsh, I mean, I do think, you know, Kelly Thistle are at their best when Sean Welsh is at the heart of the action. You know, some big results last yeah. year came with big performances from Sean Welsh. Um, and, um, you know, the captaincy has been taken off him at the moment, which, you know, there might be question marks about that. But um, when Duncan Ferguson was explaining the reasons behind that, Sean Welsh was actually in the room um, right? when he was asked about... Um, that a uh, particular one, you know, and, and he, um, Sean was quite relaxed about it. You know, he, he appreciates that he's got a fitness battle in his hands and um, the captaincy will, you know, I think the plan is that we'll go back to, to Sean, you know, maybe. Um, so Billy McKay is the, the, the captain and Danny's the, the backup, you know, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think Sean Welsh, if, if he if he was to go, that would be a, a massive blow to Inverness. But uh, in terms of the who Duncan brings in, I know there has been been chat about you know potential you know academy players coming up from England. I, I, I think if if he goes down that route, it might only be one or one or two. I think he will be looking at more experienced guys. He's got, you know he's going to have the contacts you know from from clubs um, down south you know beyond Everton. So but um, so if the, the likes, of, I think you're right, uh, Sandy as well. You know I think you know Sheridan, um, you know he's not quite got up to speed the, the way Duncan wanted him to. He's not got the, the game time, you know. Um, so it's a complete contrast between him and David Wotherspoon. Uh, Harry as well is just not, you know, getting enough game time as well. Zach Delaney's another one I'm, I'm questioning. So if if you lose a few of these guys, um, you know, there, there is scope to bring in the, the maybe three, four, five that I'm looking at. And just beyond this window, I, I do... Um, question whether you know they need to look at the goalkeeping situation. You know, Mark Ridges is clearly the number one. Um, I mean, I haven't heard anything in particular, but I just wonder. You know, Cammy McKay isn't a young goalkeeper anymore. He's not getting any chances. He's come in, proved himself to a certain level. Uh, he's ha had some good runs, but um, you know, I, I think if you know Cammy's, he needs to be finding football elsewhere. But I think that might be more a, a summer transfer rather than anything else. Okay, good stuff. Um, uh, Jack Warrington says, with how well Big Dunk has done so far in terms of the wins, uh, can you see another Hamden return in the near future? Or was last season just a fluke? Was last season a fluke, Steve? 
No, it was, it was, it was all sorts of things. The, the admin error, but we spoke about it. The, the performance using as Livingston and Kilmarnock um, justified that, and we we underplaced in the semi and uh, right through the final. But going with the draw so far, it's been handy, isn't it? I mean, Broomhill at home. Don't want to tempt fate and people come back and ridicule this comment, but it's a, an easy winnable home tie, isn't it? So you you're into the fifth round after that. And, Is that uh, the quarterfinals after that? No, fifth and no. then quarters, I think, mate. Fifth and quarters. I think, I think Livy, quarters. Livy, Livy, Livy was the fifth last year. And right. It was Kelly, wasn't it? So, um, aye, it depends, it depends on the, the, the tie and the draw. I mean, if all firm teams pull each other in the next round, then one of them goes. So, it just depends. But, I mean, I'm I'm not even looking at the Scottish Cup. I wasn't looking at it last season, to be honest, and we got there. But, yeah, focus on the league and we'll see where the Cup takes us, mate. But, yeah, yeah. maybe it should be in the next round anyway. Okay. Uh, and last one. Uh, Scott Bambi, who is the team and player we've played against this season who you have been most impressed by? Race Rovers. Lewis Vaughan, Jamie Gullen, you know, just boys that seem to score in the 95th minute. But... Just one kind of point on, on Wraith as well. When it was at Tanadice, you know, the, there was a feeling amongst the, the press there that Dundee United were just going to be, be all right. You know, Wraith Rovers wouldn't have the depth, they wouldn't have the mentality to keep up with Dundee United. Here we are, they're five points clear. So even if United win their game in hand, they're behind Wraith Rovers. For a team to have earned 21 points from winning games from, I think it's 85 minutes onwards, Ian Murray um, said, you know, I think they would be seventh or eighth in, in, in the table when they, they um, he made that point when they won at Inverness the start of December. Um, and I, that, I think the most incredible championship game I've seen this season was the their 4-3 win against Partick Thistle, where Partick played like Brazil for half an hour uh, after going 2-0 down, take the lead, and Wraith still managed to win that game. So there's something about Wraith Rovers. Um, I think they've been irked a wee bit by being written off by people thinking United were going to be strolling this league. They've, they've got too much quality to, um, you know, I, I think they're here for the long haul. Okay, right, well, that's the end of the mailbag. And now time for a quick Christmas quiz with Sandy Sutherland, Quizmaster. Welcome one and all. Um, so, so basically the way it's sort of laid out, it's like an advent calendar. So numbers 1 to 25. The test of how well you can remember squad numbers from back in the day. Oh. So, I know, so you can pick a number at random from 1 to 25. And then you pick a letter, A or B, and that'll determine what player you get. So you're either going to get a player who was really good for us, or a player who wasn't. And if you get a player who's good for us, you get a question, you got a good chance of answering. If you get a dad, the question's just as bad as the player. This is far too complicated. <laughs> oh, it's not at all. It's not it at is. all. No, not at all. Um, so, flip side is, if you get one of the dad questions right, you get three points. If you get one of the easy ones right, you get a point. So, oh, right. okay. dead, dead simple. So, 15. 15. Alright, okay. So, you got a choice, Liam. So, you can either go with A or B. What do you want to go with? A or B? B. B. Oh, well done. You got Marley Watkins. So, decent. So, you, you might be alright. <laughs> uh, alright, okay. Nice, easy one to start. The Italian brand that did our shirts before we changed over to Puma. Aria. Yeah, oh. one point, one point for Keo. This is rigged already. This quiz, you boys before it. <laughs> right, just need. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go. I'll go. sixteen, Sandy. Sixteen. All right, you're gonna go A or B. 
Greg Tunsey. Uh, pretty sure line that served as the club's main sponsor for three seasons. Fly B. Yeah, point for Riley. Nice one. Uh, can I go seven? Number seven. No bother. Uh, um, A or B? A. Can tell you're a teacher, people. by the way. I know, eh? Super organised. Uh, Barry Wilson. Ah, oh, my favourite player growing up. Shot corner. No, eh? Brilliant. Oh, you're lucky, Mock, because if it was uh, B, you were getting Donny Lopez. Right, Cali Thistle's record signing from Ross County. 65 grand. Who was oh, he? For fuck's sake. <laughs> A record signing from Ross County. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he's looking for his phone here. Listeners um, this wait a minute, let me just check. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't look at that. Just for, for the listeners, I've just picked up milestones and memories. Oh, uh, a record signing from Ross County, 65 grand. Yeah, got Charlie Christie signed him in the summer of 06. My memory's terrible, everybody knows that. That's embarrassing. Oh. You host this podcast, Mark. It's embarrassing. Oh. I know, he doesn't go to the games, he doesn't know, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> he's, he's, current, he's currently a manager right now, isn't he? Oh, stop it. Hey, shush. I can't do it. 65, I know. 65 grand? Yep. From Ross County? Yeah. I can't think. Um, Big reveal. Oh, who is it? John Rankin. John, John Rankin. Oh, fuck's sake. I know. Eh? Right, who's okay, on? That's a, I think that's a point to me and Liam. We knew embarrassing. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right, embarrassed. Who, 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 who fancies going up next? Not me. <laughs> I'll go number three. Oh. Please. Right. Right. Oh, uh, A or B? A. Sorry, Lee. You got Jebby Zardy. Oh, oh thanks, thanks, Shaga. All oh, right, okay. 12th season, one of great transition. How many players did Teddy Butcher sign that season? Quite a lot. Oh, Ruto. Um, was there eight, I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon January, wasn't there? There was quite a lot. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Was it 12? You weren't far off. It was 15. Not, not a bad guess, to be fair. Not no, a bad I, guess. I haven't have been at size 15, but I uh, you sure? Uh, Chalky, do you fancy a go? Uh, give me the uh, 20, please, Sandy. Number 20? Yeah. And are we going A, a or B? B. Sh- Shane Sutherland. Not bad, not bad. That'll do you. Uh, which which singer and pianist played a sellout gig at Cali Stadium in the summer of 2007? It was oh. S. Sir Elton John? It was Sir Elton John. Well done, Chuck. Uh, that's easy. I, I did say. <laughs> I did I, say. Come on. I, I think Lee and Moffat knocked out. This is it's a, like, the next round since I was three. He had to get Elton John. And, yeah, he had to get Aye. Elton John. And Lee had to like pick a number between one and 20. And you look at the draw. Like I said, you get a dud of a player, you get a dud of a question. That's the right. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a final here <laughs> between us three. Alright, okay. Uh, Yo, you're back up. 10A Andy Shinney Former youth player Matthias Machado Which South American nation did he hail from? What did you say his last name was? Macha- <laughs> Machado Matthias Ma- Machado Ma- Colombia oh, You weren't thought it was Brazil 8B Ross Draper We played Astrid Europe Stevie right? Mm-hmm. Which which, uh, which London based English team would we have played if we oh, got Oh come on West Ham, West Ham. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right, come on, Chalky, don't don't let him win. Come on, Paul. Uh, go 17B. Oh, Chalky, you've done yourself here. Colin uh, Seedorf. Oh, Delta. In March 96, ICT were beaten 3-0 by Rangers in the cap. But John Scott was lucky enough to swap shirts with which England international uh, for Rangers. Oh, yeah, man. absolute, absolute England. I know that. From back. I remember that. Nah, I can only think of Gaza, but it's probably not. It is Gaza. Gaza. It is. 19A. 19A. How's he getting another question? He's already had two. Not only, no, I've got only one for me. Come on. Dennis Weiner. Oh, oh Stevie. There we go. I was 19, that's right, when he came back. If I hadn't made it at by myself, I'd swear you played the game before. <laughs> <laughs> you must have read my text before we recorded. Alright, this, this is a who am I. Uh, I signed from Ross County in the summer of 2004. I'm a hard-working striker who was known for my aerial ability oh. and, I an, and I had a knack for scoring goals against both old firms. My playing career began at Dundee. Who am I? Graham Ben. Yes. Um, ah, easy. Nice. Let's get, get title I'll go 1A then. 1A. Mark Brown. Good way to end it. True or false? ICT ICT once fielded a starting eleven in a league game that contained no Scottish players. False. True. Uh, did it? We did it. In, we did it in twenty twelve. Was it Butcher under Butcher? Te, under Butcher yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. oh. No way. Yeah. yeah. But you got nothing to worry about, Chalky, because you've actually won the game by a point. Oh. Who would have? Who would have known it? The the guy, the professional guy, who gets oh, paid I money to write about football wins a quiz. The game's yep. right. The game's right. I had a in the next round, but we'll never, we'll never know. Never mind. Congratulations, Chalky. How'd you feel? Well, well done, mate. Oh, yeah. I'm deeply honoured. Thank you very much, Sandy. It's all right. I'll, I'll send you, like, a. have got a tiny little Lego trophy that I could send you if you want. That's the only, that's the closest one I've got at hand. Perfect. That'll do. Bang. Yeah. There we go. Well, I think that's a, that's a perfect way to round off the podcast, that, actually. Uh, no, no need for a song this year. Christmas quiz. Who doesn't like a Christmas quiz? Um, okay. Um, we That's us. We're done. We will be back in January. Um, so until then, I'm going to say bye-bye. Everybody say bye. Stevie, say bye. Bye-bye. Chucky, say bye. Goodbye. Liam, say bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Good effort. Uh, Sandy, say bye. Bye. Please say cheerio. Cheerio. Um, until then, we are all off to think about eating Robbie D's mum's cheesecake. That and he does cock a leaky in it, so. Can I keep that in? I mean, Andrew Young would tell me not to. Big bowl of cock a leaky soup. <laughs> Suggestive yet frightening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. Well, the the tone the tone was uh, lowered at the very start with my uh, my uh, guardine guys. We finished off with that. So take care of yourself and each other, and bye for now. And many merry Christmas from everybody at the Wine Shuffle. Um, it's been an up and down year, but we're still here. Cheerio. So my mother-in-law asked for a kiss under the mistletoe. I said, I wouldn't kiss you under generalist deck. Never mind mistletoe. I couldn't find a way to get that in. So it's just... <laughs> there, we're done.
I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm.